Hello everyone and welcome to episode 149 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones. Curmudgeonly <laughs> <laughs> Carl. Sorry, I was signing tonight by 10 to the <laughs> And Kieran O'Rourke. More on that next week, I think. Yeah, yeah. Very happy to have you back with us, gentlemen, here around the Oaken Table this week, as we look to discuss the best and worst WrestleMania builds here on WrestleMania Week uh, that have ever been. Of course, we reached out to you, the loyal listeners, for your thoughts uh, and feedback and nominations on what exactly was the best and worst WrestleMania build of all time. Uh, I'm a big fan of hype, as you gentlemen know. Beautifully executed hype is a, is a wonderful thing in the world of pro wrestling, so we're going to look at some of the best and worst examples here today of, uh, of promoting the biggest show of the year uh, for Vincent Mann. So going to be a lot of fun. Before we get to that, we do have some production notes to get to, however. I do want to mention, next week, episode 150 of SCG Radio, uh, we think it's going to be the WrestleMania recap show, but the show might still be going on by then, if, if what we're hearing is true. 17 matches, uh, and of course there's the New Japan show the night before, in MSG, there's the NXT show. There's a lot to get to, so we'll see how this kind of shakes out. Yeah, just quickly, for any of you out there that follow me on Twitter, just send me a tweet with the ranking in which you're prioritising these shows. I'm just curious. At oldmanjones85. It is still. There you go. And, uh, and of course, squaredcirclegazette.com, where all of our previous shows are archived. You can go there and uh, check out the last episode we did, which was uh, the first ever 5 for 5 featuring Kieran O'Rourke's award-winning Mitsuhara Masawa theme song rendition, which got some, uh, some lovely feedback. Good, excellent. <laughs> oh, what, have we got any, got any trophies or anything yet? Uh, not, not in the mail yet. I suppose that will be more the end of the year. Well, given the state yes. of all Japan these days, you might get the triple crown. Wicked. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess we mentioned, we alluded to there a little bit with your singing, Kieran, about an announcement coming up next week. I think next week will be the time to bust that out, I think. Yeah. That little story. We should, we should tell that. Cool. So, let's talk about it. The best and worst WrestleMania builds of all time. Uh, let's, let, we're going to start high with the biggest high, or, or, or at least one of the biggest consensus highs, I should say, and one of the biggest consensus lows we got in the feedback from you, the loyal listeners. So we'll kick it off with WrestleMania 14 here. Tiger Rick on the UK fan forum says the benchmark is WrestleMania 14. From the moment they hit January and left the post-Brett doldrums behind, they were almost note-perfect all the way to Mania. Austin Tyson has been talked to death, but it was so utterly brilliant, and the Rumble was too. Wasn't the strongest roster, but was booked perfectly to make it all about Steve Austin, which it needed to be. With hindsight, Michael's injury was the best thing that could have happened to him as it kept him from being overused on TV and kept him and Austin apart at No Way Out. Wow. Vince being a great foil for Austin in the meantime and the Austin and the uh, Tyson interaction just kept it moving at such a pace. The angles and promos and video packages were just great. It wasn't a one-match show from a build point of view either because Taker Kane was massively anticipated, having started in October and being built brilliantly through the Rumble. Cactus and Chainsaw vs. The Outlaws was another well-built fight, uh, coming off that great dumpster angle, uh, even if they should have sold it a few weeks. Uh, then you had Sable being the most popular woman they've ever had who was completely in her pomp at the time. Just a brilliant, brilliant period. There have been other good ones that will get a mention, but none are better than this. Peach Chaos on Pro Wrestling Only says, pretty sure I was more hyped for Mania 14 than anything ever in my life. Mike Tyson was into Generation X. Stone Cold was obviously winning the title. Shawn Michaels was working paralysed. The year-long build to Undertaker finally facing his dead brother. Owen getting revenge on DX for Montreal. Ooh, yeah. uh, the dumpster 
announced the match and the introduction of the hardcore style. Pete F3 on Pro Wrestling Only says, When I was watching 98 back, I was amazed all over again at how effective the build was for Mania 14 and not just the main event. Even Sable's in-ring debut was a big deal and it turned out to go as well as it possibly could. Tyson got eyeballs on the product but Vince helped engineer the Monday Night War turnaround by sheer laser-like focus while WCW was, as usual, all over the map. Heartbreak Kid on the F4W board says Mania 14 isn't even close. Michaels, Austin, Tyson and Undertaker Kane were built up tremendously. There's never been a WrestleMania with a better build for the top two matches. Uh, Owen Triple H, Outlaws, Funk and Cactus and Rock Shamrock and the Mixed Tag all had strong builds that lasted at least two months. Has to be the best built mania of all time. Literally every match was well built up and for a minimum of two months. No wonder the WF caught fire in early eight, uh, 98. And finally, The Wood on WrestlingForum.com says, For anyone who wants to say WrestleMania 14, it's hard to argue against a 208% increase in buys from the pri- uh, prior year. Uh, maybe a good buy rate won't automatically tell you if the build is good or not, but when you're bouncing back from your worst performing mania so hard, I think it's a pretty good indicator that something is working just a hunch. So uh, a lot of votes. And, and there's ones that I left out. So uh, that kind of hits most of the uh, the main points here. Mania 14, the gold standard, gentlemen? Well, I think most of Sable's pomp was in her chest, presumably. But um, I think I'm going to let Kieran start on this one. Oh, bear, bear, well, just bearing in mind the, uh, the HBK remark that Tiger Rick uh, led off with there. Well, the funny thing about Sean <laughs> in this build is, for me, as possibly one of top five hardest to fuck not hardcore biggest Sean fans going you know no wrong this man could do um, <laughs> he was kind of irrelevant to, to it in my in many ways <laughs> he was like I, maybe uh, it was because we knew about the injury even at, you know, at that age at that time mm. but it was so much about Austin and then Tyson that Sean was really the third wheel in this one that happened to be the champion I mean if you, in, a, in an ideal world if you could Actually, shouldn't say this, but if Tyson was the champion. Austin could beat him. That'd be the way you do. Um, it, but you know that they, they were obviously they were the two. Austin was the one, the one they wanted to crown. Tyson was the almost kingmaker they were going to use to put get the focus on. And it was such. I mean, probably not being privy to it in the, the mid eighties um, when when Hogan's you know for three. How what that must have been like um, just in society when when it's in the build up to it, knowing what the build up how this one felt. Yeah, nothing else comes close in terms of just when you're getting national okay tabloids putting photos of your biggest star and the guy you brought in okay for a lot of money admittedly on the back page of their newspapers hyping up this event it's a pretty big deal and that kind of transcends any other show we've had since then um, but in terms of the actual build for Austin and Sean I guess it's, it was it was kind of standard for me, second fiddle. I mean, they got a bit of heat on Austin, and uh, yeah, eventually yeah, beat him. It wasn't really a great that. Well, it wasn't about that for me. It was, it was Tyson. Tyson was absolute magic. The, the the greatest promotional card ever pulled in wrestling, probably. Um, opposite Austin at that time when he, he was primed, hot for it, and then it just kicked it into overdrive for him. Um, and the, the exposure of the, the, the fire obviously when they do Tyson and Austin the part is just the greatest angle we've said this already the greatest angle in the history of wrestling surely um, and yeah I mean it was, uh, uh, in terms of the other stuff that was said about the other the other matches having at least two months build that's great um, it did obviously layer the card the, the taker came stuff and all this is layering going forward adding layers yeah. going forward 
But in terms of, yeah, that one moment, Austin and Tyson just made it on its own. Just so, such a great promotional masterstroke. Simple delivery. The the one angle, and that, kind of similar to what we see with the earlier um, manias, that it does, you don't need week after week after week of, of building, because building, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, one fucking nitroglycerin angle to, to set the whole thing off yeah. and then and then it just maintain it then and it, yes surely the greatest it's the greatest um, hyped or presented main event with a simple angle yeah, beautiful beautiful stuff and yes. then Mikey T and Big Sean <laughs> Big Sean Big Steve so Carl just kind of a, obviously you threw the floor there to Kieran Austin and I love I actually agree completely I think I've said this before on the show about Sean's role in the whole thing but it, it was cool again watching it back for the Moonlight War timeline squidcircleset.com if you haven't heard any of our previous shows watching those episodes raw to see the video package well, like, like you say when they weren't there if you just had like the, just the, 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 the Steve Austin's journey video package which was like five to six minutes the Shawn Michaels journey again five to six minutes his whole career it's talking about they're on the collision course they're both from Texas but different types of Texas and like you know San Antonio the glitzy glitzy version of Texas and you know Austin from Victoria Texas and stuff it's like it was just such a well done deal where it's like again it's all just maintenance to keep things going along because the main stuff that you've hit already which was Austin and Tyson Tyson joined DX the press conference they did that I mean anything else is bonus and it was just it was just a beautiful it was absolutely awesome and again like you say there it helps that like there was such a synergy to the television because they were laser focused in they knew what they were building to at Wrestlemania 14 and everything they did was moving in that direction like you say Taker and Kane Rock and Shamrock had been, had been going since since January well really if anything you could say the embers of Shamrock and, and Rock started in, at Survivor Series yeah, so really yeah. tapping him out uh, but to Kieran's point I, I don't mean this in a Disrespectful way, he's right. Sean is very much sort of a facilitator, if you like. You know, and I, I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way, but to Kieran's point, it is all about Austin and Tyson, and it was an excellent use of Tyson to not have him. You know, if you have him there every week, sort of touch on Kieran's point, this week to week to week build, even then it runs the risk of di- you know, runs the risk of diluting the situation. So to have him at the Rumble to have him at Raw the night afterwards to then have things like the press conference and have him more sparing you know, not every single week and yeah maybe by by a bit of luck touching on the one even that Sean having issues with his back not appearing at No Way Out for whatever reason that may have been that night <laughs> you know, th- th- but things like that to, to keep them apart you know, maybe it's just a bit of dumb luck on the company's part but you know Austin Tyson is the focus of the show. Some of the other stuff is built very nicely. I'm not quite sure I agree on the. I mean, Hard Triple H builds are mentioned there. I wasn't a particular no, fan of that. that's quite poor, I think. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, Goldust is an absolute trooper for Sable. A lot of that, as Kim said, is about sort of markers going forward. Whereas when we're talking about the concept of mania, it's about those two. It's done excellently, and I don't really think the rest of the card matters. That, that matters too much, if at all, in relation to that buy rate number. Probably not. In fact, yeah, almost definitely not. But for, for those who are watching the show week to week and weren't the outside crowd, they had more than enough reason to buy this. Oh, absolutely. Because it wasn't just the one match, although the one match did obviously do all the work. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, 
well, let's just say it's it's the one take that Big Dave got terribly, terribly, monstrously wrong. Which is when they brought Tyson on board. Oh, when he said he wasn't exactly positive about it, was he? He was basically saying Boy, that he, he didn't yeah. see how. From a dollars and cents perspective, it was going to work out because how much they were paying Tyson. Well, of course, long range, the the investment that you're putting into your company, it's going to reap rewards bigger picture than just one show. So, well, I think as we've we've sort of borne out over the t- over the timeline, the, the numbers are better for Roar, if I'm not mistaken. And then, obviously, by the time you get to Tyson, it gives it that injection, it gives it that mainstream pub, and then going forward, it's what we two weeks afterwards is when they. Get their first ratings winning mm-hmm. 80 odd weeks as uh, Bischoff would like to remind us yes. and then by that point yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of back and forth but uh, one company's going one way and one company's certainly going another way <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah I'll say yeah. I just love the way that so many of these angles at this time because I've been watching this this first three months of 98 back over, over the last like couple of months and I do, I do love the way that like all the angles are kind of cross point there's so many memorable things about the first three months of this year just little things that like you might forget off the top of your head but stuff like Shamrock being on his knees and doing the hit me to the rock with yeah. the chair and, and him braining him the, the stuff with Farouk and Rock the interplay with those two which is just awesome stuff like the uh, the interplay where you got like you know Sable challenging Luna to a fight and then the, there's a pull apart there Kane comes out to get Sable and Mark Merrow runs away and leaves her in the ring when she's injured and then Taker returns it's like all this stuff just, it crosses over so well and it's so it's so much fun to watch as a television show and of course anchored by awesome characters like Steve Austin and again in the build up the, the Vincent Mann element which it hasn't been mentioned too much but I love that too when he's doesn't want Steve Austin well, to be champion. Just, it's just sprinkled into Star It's great. It's great. It's so well done. So yeah, this is uh, this is going to be tough to beat. I, I like using this as a benchmark first. Uh, in terms of which one to use as a benchmark for the lowest, this might not be the lowest, but we'll go with this one anyway. Mania 18, we'll start with here. Air Raid on the UK fan form says the worst simply has to be Mania 18. Rock versus Austin setting up their class regenerations, legend versus legend match, and then following it with a ludicrous attempted vehicular homicide stunt only for the Rock to be absolutely fine the next uh, on the big night. Uh, hang on a second. I think he meant to say Rock versus Hogan there, not Rock versus Austin. Anyway, um, Booker and Edge fighting over shampoo. Kurt Angle, after the incredible year he'd had, being paired up with Kane simply because neither had anything better to do. The Undertaker attempting to elicit heat based on kicking in David Flair, for fuck's sake. And best of all, Chris Jericho spending his time getting ready for the main event by walking Lucy the dog while the real feud plays out between Triple H and Steph. Woeful stuff for a B-show, never mind the granddaddy of them all. Uh, Noid on TPWW forum says, For worst, I think I have to go with Mania 18. 2001 was such a weird year, and the downsides to the Austin Hilton and Butchered Invasion angle had put everybody in disappointed moods. We also lost a long-time top heel that drew really well against The Rock and was surely about to take off as an amazing babyface in Chris Benoit. <laughs> that mood carried into 2002. Their first pay-per-view opened with a Kid Rock song and featured that Vince McMahon tan. Oh, and Triple H was back as a babyface too. The start of the year showed a bit of promise. Triple H got some interest back. Someone untainted by the 2001 was back and ready to go. A feud over a dog? Didn't the director learn anything from Kennel from Hell or the British Bulldog in 99? There's never been a draw in wrestling named Lucy unless one of the women headlining this year is named Lucy, is named Lucy in which case we better pretend. The, de- 
<laughs> the WWF did a horrible job with Chris Jericho as undisputed champion. There were chicken shits in wrestling, but when your top heel is too ineffective, it looks like your champion is undeserving and everyone else is a fool for not being able to kick his ass. It's like that Aussie guy who won Olympic gold because everyone else in his race fell down. <laughs> Our greatest hero, but certainly not world champ material. Jericho needed a low blow, an eye rake, an exposed turnbuckle, a roller pulling the tights and his feet on the ropes with a semi-trailer to beat The Rock. Uh, what more can be said about the NWO that hasn't been written about in the death of WCW? <laughs> the Hogan Rock stare down where the NWO beat down was awesome until Hogan drove a truck right through it. Now that's not a euphemism uh, that, <laughs> or for his uh, creative control or an overcompensation for his penis on the stand. They actually had an angle where Hogan tried to commit vehicular homicide on the air. Hulk, not Nick. <laughs> <laughs> What's the same man's name again? Noid. Oh, it's Noid. Oh. No word on if the WF actually tried to get Rock to be in the car like Sid Vicious with Bret Hart. <laughs> Jesus, if Sid sucks so much, just stop giving him a million pushes. The state of that. It's dead? Speaking of dead, The Undertaker was on a program with Ric Flair he- uh, heading into this show. I say dead, not because of The Undertaker's gimmick, but because my interest in him after 2001. He was spraying his thank fuck I back the winning horse insecurity stink all over the place in 2001 and 2002, and although I don't remember hating this program, I do remember it having David Flair in it, uh, although I do remember him getting killed, so that's a wash. Uh, you also had Edge and Booker T feuding over a shampoo commercial. Uh, this could have been forgiven if we actually got a weird Japanese-style cartoon with Edge's head flying into different continents and shooting <laughs> eye lasers at world leaders to turn them into panda bears or something. Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> we didn't even get Booker T in an Edge wig. What the fuck was this? And why the fuck am I even trying to meet it halfway? Kurt Angle had a match with Kane. Rob Van Dam had a match with William Regal. There was a four-way tag. There was a women's title match. There was Austin in Scott Hall built around one storyline alcoholic mocking a real life alcoholic with tiny nets you had smiling DDP and tantrum throwing Christian Stacy in the Dudley Boys gear was alright though it's a shame that it was with the Dudley Boys and then there's that main event the build to Chris Jericho versus Triple H was basically non-existent because the build was the Triple H versus Stephanie the dog the divorce the dildo there was a dildo, wasn't there? Or am I just misremembering? God damn, this fucking sucked. Almost everything was wrong, and the few things that went right on the night were almost accidental. Christian knocking Molly Holly out with the door should not be one of the top three highlights in what's supposed to be your biggest show of the year. T Lynch 106 on F1W adds to this and says the worst might be 18. Other than Rock Hogan and Take a Flare, which was good, Austin Hall didn't mean anything. Angle Kane was set up that week. Jericho Hunter was all about Hunter and Steph and the dog. Edge and Booker T over a shampoo ad. Brutal stuff. And uh, Matt Thurlow on the Facebook page says, Worst is 18. I see no reason to justify what is obviously the correct answer. <laughs> so there you have it. 18 getting uh, sliced and diced in the feedback. That's, uh, our email is with some hot takes here. They're bringing the heat. I like it. Um, I, mean, I will say this, just one criticism towards them all. Not one of them mentioned my personal favourite bit. Drowning pool there to tell us the story. <laughs> Well, that's, that wasn't the build, was it, Carl, really? The builder. It took place before the match, so I'm counting it. <laughs> um, what a weird time this was for the yeah, WWE. It's, they're just absolutely 100% resting on their laurels. I don't think they were... I don't know. I mean, I, I saw this as... Pa- this whole show was panic fire. That's how it felt to me. Between the fact that it's, you know... They brought in the NWO out of thin air. They fucked it up by this point already. Well, you know, the, the the builds aren't great in the first instance, but I think I might have been apoplectic if Scott Hall had beaten Austin, as was the plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're Steve, wouldn't you want to quit after that? I know. Yeah, 
I helped bring this company back to prominence. We won the war. Now you want to bring in Scott Hall, he of alcoholism and serial car writer offer, <laughs> and put him over me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the the Hogan Rock one's an interesting one because I think it. I think the building certain quarters is lionised sometimes, and the company. Well, used to love prior to the Bubba the Love Sponge video. Used to love doing the old showing that clip of the stare down and the heads turning side to side. And I think sometimes that's all people remember from that build. They tend to forget the hammer to the back of the head, the truck, the truck into the ambulance, the horrible crotch chops Hogan did has gone oh, out the truck relentlessly. <laughs> the number of times he said, "I'm going to cripple his ass," NWO style. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all for him to, yeah, like you say, barely have a scratch on him and everything be okay by Mania. Jericho Triple H. Oh, just, all you really have to say is Lucy the dog. Speak that's, for itself. That's that's enough. Yeah. It featured yeah. dog shit. Yeah, that's Jer- all you need to know. Jericho is weak before they start the build to that program in earnest. I <laughs> just killed him. Dead. So, you know, you then just, you know, he's got one foot in the grave and the other foot's slipping by that point. And, you know, as much as I agree with how infuriating nauseating and just downright terrible Undertaker was in 2001 and not much better in 2002 I actually do like the Flair Taker build yeah it's not bad I, you know, Taker I, trying to goad him into the match yeah and uh, you know admittedly yes David Flair's involved but at least it's a very minor purpose of I'm going to beat the shit out of your child Oof. to yeah. make to make a point and goad you into fighting me yeah. yeah, and you see David for for one draw, and then he's gone. That's fine. I thought that was yeah. I, 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 I can live with that. That build didn't offend me. That's probably the least offensive build of the whole thing. Because like you say, Rock and Hogan, as good as it was, and I liked the NWO beatdown stuff until until the hammer came into. Oh, it, it starts absolutely fine. Yeah, it's, like the, the whole it's, it's just, it, here's the goodbye from the Rock turns around. They're there waiting for him to start kicking yeah. the shit out of him. That was great. I, don't mind. If they'd have just left him on the ramp there and walked away, yeah, you know, arms aloft. Then the spray thing, paint deal. Fine, everyone's happy. But yeah. But yeah, on the on the point of the rest of the car, this is like Austin, like you say, after being so important for so long, just in this complete nothing, nothing. match. Edge and Booker T, fuck me, how far that? I didn't realize how far he'd fallen. Really, like he came in as the WCW champion, and he did jobs for The Rock. He jobbed to Taker. He jobbed in the at Survivor Series. He fucking got a limit. He got treated like a piece of shit at the Rumble. He got beat. Him and wasn't it like what was the match with him and him and Test got beat by Taz and Spike Dudley at No Way Out for the tag titles. For fuck's sake. <laughs> then, then he loses to yeah, Edge as and, well. And, and people thought that the Buff Bagwell match was the Nader for his <laughs> Basically. It doesn't start well, and it actually manages to go downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Um, Van Dam is organically over with the crowd when he debuts. It's done well with him up to no mercy. After no mercy, Jesus Christ! Meet the Undertaker. You know, he's 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 just a, he's just there in the Survivor Series match. He's doing the job to Taker the next month. By January, he has his flurry, then gets pedigreed, mm-hmm. then lies there until Booker T can come in as number whatever it was, 20-something, to then pick him up and just unceremoniously throw him out of the ring. Only for him to get <laughs> it immediately. Yeah. No way out. Gold dust. <laughs> yeah. And then by Mania... I, I love William Regal, but it, it's an opener with, with Regal. Yeah. It's, it was it, nothing. Yeah. 
There's the, 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 the whole, again, talent mismanagement here and not having any kind of focused bill for, for again, they had an incredibly talented roster, but they just, they didn't have any, they were so scattershot because they were reacting to, oh my God, the ratings are dipping quite terribly here because we haven't got, you know, there's no competition, it's, it's, it's our own world, but we're losing grip of it and they're very insecure about it, they're bringing in fucking the NWO to try and fix things as a, as a, as a so fucking scattershot. Well, and, and the other thing from my perspective to sort of put an, a, a fine point on it if I can is that this was very much in the period where I would stay up to watch the pay-per-views starting at one in the morning go to bed at four and just be like a zombie for the next day and just, just accept it as you know, that's the price to pay to watch the show live so that no fucker spoils it for you the next we day we all did it we all did Everyone, it you know, I watched the show sat through the seemed like never-ending concerts with saliva and drowning pool after Hogan and Rock I went to bed yeah I thought, right I've seen all this I'm so not, did the crowd I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not fussed about the women's triple threat match and by the looks of the crowd in Canada the only thing they were interested in was the maple leaf on Trisha's ass and I had no interest in Triple H Jericho so I went to bed <laughs> <laughs> got an extra you know half hour 45 minutes to kip that I wouldn't have got otherwise good job Kieran, I, I think that uh, one thing I want to ask you about this uh, this whole situation is that there was a noticeable drop off in the hype in the air from the previous year, from WrestleMania 17 to WrestleMania 18. There's that thing where it's just like we started to get that kind of the sense of the excitement for a WrestleMania during this period of time, and this was the one where it was like, apart from Rock and Hogan, which feels like a bit of a I, I didn't it's such a lackadaisical show. Yeah, it's like yeah, the the, the kind of Driving, I don't know if say it's lazy or it's because it rests on the laurels because of where they are in, by by eighteen. Um, maybe it is. It's just that that fire. That, that, that was probably a poor choice of phrase by myself. What phrase is that? That resting on the laurels. No, no, but it, it's 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 not. It's probably not resting on the laurels, but it is lazy. It's like the, 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 the fire and you know the creativity. Like if you go back to fourteen, because the previous one we talked about, but how kind of you know the risks they took and how edgy it was and that transmitted to mm. uh, is like this they're doing something that's out of the box and it's different and it's special and by okay it's not marked by 18 but at 18 it's they've got the world at their feet and there's just no I'm trying to think of the right words kind of Need there's no need there's no <laughs> need to put emphasis in the right places to make something special. It's just this. By this point, they've devolved to this. It's a, it's a carnival already of, of, of so much talent. So we don't need to do anything particularly interesting or creative or um. It, it just yeah. It's just everything's so bog standard. And the one thing that stands out is 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 the head turn of Rock and Hogan, which they basically fell into on their asses anyway. So. <laughs> Don't don't pretend that's down to you. It's that was just two guys who were, who were both over, and okay, those certain crowd give them a, a nice reaction. Um, but it's so I say lax days was not the word, but they just yeah, it's like shit against the wall. It's the yeah, it totally was. And the discipline they had, if you compare it to eight, uh, sorry, to fourteen, the discipline of like you talk about the, the rock build of like the little all those 
those times when he is almost losing and the, 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 the sham, you know, the, the finger in the air of Shamrock. Yeah. When he keeps the belt with Survivor Series, whenever that was. No, it was the race. Uh, no, it was Mania in the end. It was, it was Mania. Mania. As, as, he's, as he's being stretched out, you mean he got. He held, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Mania. Oh, okay. so, but I see the, the, the prepping. And there were the moments before that, like at the Rumble where Shamrock beat him, but he'd, Rock had put the brass knuckles in Shamrock's tights. Yeah, so all the, all the probably screwy bullshit. So it's, that's always their build. And obviously, the, the Kane stuff, the, 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 how long that had been uh, percolating for. And, so there's real discipline in there yeah. that, that's, and, and that, that builds um, a bit of anticipation I guess because yeah, there was anticipation over Kane and Undertaker and I don't give a shit about either of those guys but there was yeah. um, and yeah the Austin Tyson anticipation what's going to happen there's the mystery the suspense there's the excitement there's none of that there's no excitement about any of these matches it's yeah. like everything's so thrown together nothing's organic first of all which is probably the biggest thing you've got this huge roster now comparative to previous years and in terms of star power that we've mentioned kind of the thing that stood out WCW to WF was that WCW always had an absolute cavalcade of names that drew at one you know historically at one point or other and it took WWE WF I don't know maybe till 1999 2000 probably 2000 yeah, right until the end to, to even get a, a number of stars in a, you know, kind of a, a backlog of a, or a catalogue of stars it wasn't even even then it wasn't even comparable com- no. comparable but um, yes yeah, so and now they've got this by, by 18 they've got they have they've been they've been thrown names and they kind of give them by the numbers reasons to have matches and no one gives a fuck because yeah. it's, it's so superficial and compared to like the, what you've, you're talking about through the previous four three four years in terms of Proper anticipation of stars going up against each other, especially arcades, only Austin and Rock, and occasionally Triple H. But there, there was still a hooker to the stories that, that, that give significance to like the, the, the main slots. By this point, it's completely. It's like no, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's, it, 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 it wasn't as prevalent then because they weren't as used to it. But it was the same principle of that. It didn't matter what they didn't care. They were just getting guys on the card at this point. Yeah. And it was, and, and, and filling the TV time. Yeah, it was complete filler, complete filler of a card, and complete filler of TV time to justify those filler matches. So, and it's a lot of filler, man. And it, yeah, a lot of filler, and it's amazing what they did at fourteen with so little on the roster, and what they did with eighteen with so much. Well, that's what, when you said about the um, the cross pollination of angles before, um, they had to. Yeah, it was because they didn't because <laughs> they, they didn't have much else on there. But at least you keep it logical, and that's one thing WCW never did, and hardly ever did, was that although if stuff cross-pollinated it was kind of authentic in, in WWF and so it had a, a rhyme and a reason and meaning and, and, and they emphasised a meaning to yeah. it, so it so it tied in and it was authentic to the show by 18 it's just a bunch of bunch of it's it's devolved to WWE where you've got a, a roster yeah. of names and now they're just going out and doing stuff for it's like 98 WCW. Yeah. It really is like 98 WCW. Now, I we mentioned the uh, the kind of the, the drop off from 17 to 80 in terms of anticipation. 17's next on the agenda here. Bomber Pound, the UK fan form says, for worst, I kind of have to look at Mania 17 just for how vast the gulf is between the quality of the build and the quality of the show. They're doing Rock versus Austin with Austin's first WrestleMania back from injury. Rock about to go to Hollywood and build into Austin's heel turn. And what do they do? They make the feud about Deborah. Triple H versus Undertaker built up by restraining orders, kidnapping 
kidnapping Stephanie McMahon and Undertaker doing his I'll make you famous catchphrase on Triple H while Kane gets uh, involved only to end up dicking around with a hardcore title Vince versus Shane built up by Linda being drugged Vince macking on Trish and Mick Foley having a magic box of contracts uh, Killjoy G on the UK fan forum says great idea for a show I find uh, the best WrestleManias usually have the worst builds take Mania 17 for instance uh, we all believe it is the best WrestleMania but for the build uh, it is pretty 50-50 Austin versus Rock we all fondly remember this thanks to the awesome My Way package but there was that awful convoluted Deborah is the Rock's manager garbage what's the point in that I think the final sit down interview I have to beat you Rock really saved it Angle versus Benoit was announced a week before because Kurt Angle had nothing there was no intricate storyline just filled to get two of the best wrestlers on the card TLC 2 I remember an episode of Raw where the tag titles changed hands twice just to set up an issue between the three teams yes it was awesome that Edge and Christian debuted Rhino and the Dudleys debuted Spike uh, there were still some awesome builds though Jericho peeing and Regal's tea <laughs> <laughs> the McMahon saga for me I really enjoyed it I was hooked on seeing how much more evil Vince could get and loved seeing him get his comeuppance though it should lose but gains points in my mind for Trish barking hashtag women's evolution Kane vs Undertaker threatening to kill Stephanie yes please he says Pete F3 on uh, Pro Wrestling Only says I thought the Rock Austin 17 bill would be near the top spot for worst builds actually shoehorning Deborah into the thing was pure death I think it gets overly romanticised because A the match was great and historical and B they had the sense to shit can the Deborah stuff before the event which was the right move uh, but also made the build even choppier and more haphazard this match seemed like the start of the WF deciding that having two huge stars face off wasn't enough and they had to overthink things to death Niall Clark on the Facebook page says in terms of overall quality I would say Mania 17 Building off the back of a fantastic Royal Rumble, the next month's No Out is arguably the greatest February pay-per-view of all time. The WF was on fire at this point, and I cannot think of a better three-month pay-per-view stretch than that. And several people simply replied by showing the My Way video <laughs> to, uh, to Rock and Austin to kind of put that in as their great build. This is an interesting one because the, it's kind of hard because there was hype around the show. The match build wasn't great. I don't know it's weird because like, this is like a really polarising one it's why I kind of wanted to get this one after hitting a high note and a very low note this one's kind of in the middle I wouldn't say this is near the worst builds it, it is difficult and I think by no in, means I would say that actually. in part maybe does it play, it plays into where you wish to consider the build starting from a couple of the emails there have touched on it Austin and Rock as the start of the build some others have gone back as far as the rumble or mention no way out when in truth wasn't they were very good shows those matches don't other than Austin obviously winning the rumble to get a shot at the bell neither of those really lead or, or are focused on a build to Austin and Rock until those events are out of the way because they want to get Austin Triple H put to one side and and things of that nature um, and dare I say Vince's probably distracted to some extent by the purchase of WCW and the massive and what, massive failure of the XFL yes by the way yes oh, oh by the way where's my football yeah so <laughs> so there's there's maybe whether it's whether it's fair to give them the benefit of the doubt for those or not you know, I'll let others decide but I'm just giving that as a rationale for maybe an explanation for why this build wasn't what in theory it could have been and would have been very easy to do not that any of that matters in truth because they did a million buys <laughs> for a show 
that was free over here. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a mil- yeah a, a million domestic buys. buys. Yeah. Let that sink in. <laughs> Chew on that. Um, I do love it my way video. Um, it's fucking great. So this is the, the thing, de- though. The, de- the Deborah stuff is... is it's is, unnecessary. Is, 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 is poor, I grant you, but... Two weeks, maybe that lasted, two, three weeks. It wasn't but, long. No, and there is... They at least have the forethought there to, okay, let's get this out of the way. It's not working, which, you know, you can't really give them the same sort of benefit that out these days. No. Um, and it's funny, though, that the interview with JR, I imagine heard a lot of people bemoan that. mm and say, oh, it was too long, it was dull. I enjoyed it. It's ace. It's ace. And I can see people... I know it got a lot of flack at the time in the building because they aired the full thing on the screen at SmackDown. Mm. Yeah, And they just got those shit yeah. at the video walk they're just sitting there for 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. But that's, that's fans having paid to come and watch a live show. And I'd expect... You know, yeah. Unfortunately for them, it was designed for us at home, in truth. Yeah. yeah which so I can completely understand their reaction live to that. I think it needed um, it though. That's the thing. I think it needed because the thing was, you mentioned there not being a lot of direct build. The only thing really that I was looking forward to the the previous year was Rock and Austin. When they do that match, it's going to be absolutely fucking insane because now the Rock's on Austin's level, which he wasn't before. No. And they did the interactions they, like they at did, Armageddon. They did, they did the, the tease, which tore the house down at Armageddon when those two face off finally. And, and they did it again the at the Rumble. Rumble. But. But those are the only two instances, and they do sort of then keep them apart mm-hmm. for a good five, six weeks before they get to the, the sort of the proper start of the mania build. Um, Triple H taker. Most of them were slung together. Triple H taker. I don't really have much of a problem with that build, to be honest. It's all right. It's, it's nothing a, special. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's you know, something wonderful, but you know, when, when we're thinking about really poor builds and contrasting that with what Triple H did the following year. No comparison. This is inoffensive. And at least with the uh, the Vince Shane stuff. So some of it may oh, not have been to well, everybody's taste. It's not to everyone's taste, but I will say, if you're going to use Linda, it's, it's perfect. a perfect use for Linda. <laughs> She's never seen so lifelike. <laughs> um, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, I don't really want to see Vince really macking on Trisha. It's not particularly edifying. But Well, a great way to get heat, though. That's a wonderful <laughs> Oh, perfect way to get heat. Well, it didn't air over here, did it? No, no, some, it's some, Sky some, Cutter. Something to mention for any of our listeners in America, it didn't air over here, Sky Cutter. I'm pretty so, sure Canada did the same. So the Canada did the same? I think they did. Is that because she's like a national treasure, though? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Which is prudish in this country. Yeah, okay, taking that into account, yeah, I can, see why, I can see why a lot of people wouldn't like the build to that. I kind of forgot about it, really. <laughs> um, but, you know... I'm not going to complain about Kane having to fuck around with the big show. It's just put two useless lumps together and keep them out of the way of the other good people, as far as I'm concerned. At least we haven't got to drive around in a golf cart, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Um, angle Ben Moore, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a poor, poor element of planning that you only throw them together the week before. But at least we get one. At least we get a damn good match out of it. We do, we do. Any thoughts on the build in general? Again, it's kind of a tale of two things. From, from, from building the matches, there wasn't a ton great here, but they just hit the one thing Rock and Austin really hard and even though the Deborah thing was kind of a, a eh, kind of a yeah. wet fart of an idea they realised it they cut bait they went back to what brought them to the dance and even though there wasn't really there was a sense of just overall excitement for the show that's which I say you compare yeah. it to the, year, the next year when it's, that's not there um, yeah there's the palpable excitement about this show and anticipation going in it's like the disappointment I was disappointed with the Deborah stuff for Rock yeah. and Austin but it 
um, but they changed up at least. And by the end of it, we got the the, the My Way video. So, yeah. um, and the thing is, they were playing that fucking thing for weeks. And, and that's the thing. Whenever I think of WrestleMania 17, I always just hear in my head My Way start and Jim Ross screaming on the, the video package they showed again and again in front of 67,000 in the Astrodome. It's going to be you know, Rock versus Stone Cold. It's like they hadn't done a stadium show in, in the entire period of this of this you know run with Rock and Austin at WrestleMania, and now they're going to do. Wow, this sounds like it's going to be fucking enormous. <laughs> and and to your point, we we the dynamics have changed since Mania 15. Rock is seen as being on Austin's level. You know, he's either on Austin's level or you know, near sort of you know, barely can see the difference in in level between the two. And there's the uh, there's that element of sort of the difference in in fan support don't get me wrong Rock is over it by 15 and there are the old, you know, the old, this is not sing along with the champ and he has his fans but Austin is still the man Austin. by Mania 17 I mean yes in the bill people have talked about the fact that some people got sort of caught wind that Rock was going away and there were boos in some of the arenas and so there, there was that element but Generally speaking, with the sort of the wider interest of fans watching wrestling, yeah, wouldn't maybe wouldn't necessarily say it's fifty-fifty, but it's near. I think that the thing, I think the thing with this mania is to put a cap on Mania Seventeen. It's that I agree that the build wasn't superb, but they had enough good faith, and they they had enough carryover momentum that and a strong enough main event. That it kind of all they had to do was kind of put it on the billboard. The poster. What's going on the poster? That, that's it. The Vincent Man mentality. And I think in this case, he was kind of that theory is kind of redeemed. Austin's face, Rock's face, Astrodome. <laughs> <laughs> show me the money. See you on April first. <laughs> we can't have a show where we use the words worst and WrestleMania without nine coming up. So we might as well get to it now. Rob Lloyd on the Facebook page says, "All I can remember is Brett wanting R-E-S-P-E-C-T Personally, I thought Yokozuna going for the title was too soon into his run, as he's only debuted five to six months earlier. Brett's Savage feud would have been a better storyline and match based on whether Savage could do it one last time, rather than just a huge wrestler just winning the Rumble to become number one contender with no real storyline. And to top it all off, Yoko wins the match and loses the belt two minutes later to Hogan. Very poor build-up. Matt Yaxley emailed in and said... Anybody who votes for anything other than Mania 9 for worst never lived through it. Yokozuna... <laughs> we all lived through it, man. <laughs> Yokozuna, given a hasty push, a win in the worst Royal Rumble at that point against a weak champion in Brett with no storyline beyond a contract signing and a standard beatdown. That's the main event. Or is it? Because the match promoted the strongest on Raw happens to revolve around all-time babyface and soon-to-be Hall of Famer Brutus Beefcake against the painfully boring Money Incorporated. If anybody had missed Hogan in the year prior, nobody could have cared about him teaming up with a not-over Beefcake. What an utter twat. I'm glad that woman gave him a high knee. She was probably aiming for the odious prick. <laughs> Taker and Gonzalez had some minor intrigue, but Gonzalez was so unimpressive on television leading up that you knew that you need an ether-soaked rag on the night as well. Sean and Tatanka had a total nothing build. Perfect versus Lex was a misfire, and who could possibly care about Razor versus Backland? That didn't get, that wasn't built. <laughs> <laughs> when the best built match involves Doink pulling his arm out of the socket, a phrase they used a hundred times on television, and waylaying Crush, you know the buy rate is in trouble. It's really worth emphasising how unimpressive this build was in context of pre 
previous manias, where big stars did battle in matches with hot issues fueling them, which is why it stands out to me as the clear-cut winner. It was the first mania built to me where the magic touch of the WWF was exposed. Well, at least being the world's largest toga party, there's plenty of material to wipe your ass with afterwards. <laughs> um, it's funny because I was watching some of the hype for this. Like, one of the big selling points is Gene Oakland talking about the toga party and all the Vestal virgins that will be appearing on the show. <laughs> it's going to be the greatest WrestleMania of all time because it's a toga party, it's in Caesar's Palace, it's looking, in the desert, looking like a car park. Yeah, um, Doink Crush probably is the best built match on this <laughs> I card. I love Heel Doink. I love Heel Doink, which, you know. Uh, just, I mean, the, the biggest promoted match is, let's face it, it is Moneying versus Beefcake and Hogan. Which I didn't remember, by the way. In the builder, it was listed as the co main, the, uh, as a double main event, was what it was listed as. Brett and Yoko and the, the Money Inc. match. Probably in, probably in Hogan's contract. Possibly. I mean, the only big shock there is the fact that Hogan didn't win. Well, win the belts. Right, what yeah. a fucking nothing. What a nothing. Fucking. Be- okay, Beefcake here. <laughs> beefcake in this build up. Because he's the anchor to this whole thing, if you want to call him that. Comes back for his big. Five weights under water, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, rightfully so. Because Beefcake comes back, and they, you know, this is on Raw. I fucking love this I gotta tell you this because this was hilarious I watched this the other day <laughs> it's fucking brilliant Beefcake comes out and it's his big comeback after he's had the, par- the, the, the parasailing accident he's been out for two three years Brutus Beefcake's back everybody with a fucking massive gut by the way not looking in his finest shape he gets in the ring and he starts talking about the sob story you know and this is in the Manhattan Center in New York yeah. in front of a New York fans. know your audience <laughs> know your audience and Beefcake's there talking about you know the, the brutal his eye hang out the socket he didn't know what was going to happen. He was in the hospital bed and he didn't know if he was going to be able to go on. And he heard the way that people were talking about him and even he didn't know if he could go on. At which point one New York fan screams, KILL YOURSELF! <laughs> and this is still on the network. It's still on the network. It's yeah. still on the network. You can find it. It's Give on the network. watch when I go home. Oh, it's bloody hilarious. And the rest of the fans laugh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They so money nails him with a briefcase. Hogan comes out to defend his buddy. Beefcake does that thing that I hate on Raw. He takes his glasses off and pouts into the cam like a raccoon oh, to show the Jesus. This yeah. fucking utmost cheese dick. And yeah, he's right there, by the way, Matt. He wasn't even, he wasn't that over. And when Hogan comes out to do the big speech he does not come off well in the raw setting in those early Manhattan centres no, noticeably uh, smaller Hulk noticeably Hulk. smaller looking different and just the vibe in the air it's like he looks like he's it just feels like such it's, he's only been gone for a year but he feels like a relic from another time looking at it it's, it's so strange watching it, it back it's a terrible setting for him but yeah Brett, Brett, and, Brett and Yoko got like no Brett was barely even on raw during this period of time like they they barely did anything for Brett and Yoko and again, Gonzalo's take was like the other big built match. Perfect, and Lex got a lot of play, but there's no, there's nothing there. It was like, fuck. And again, yeah, the point he makes there about the in, in when you compare it to past manias, where there's at least the main event because it was a Hogan match had a big build, but like this Hogan match had no had a shit build that no one could care about. It's a mid card match, and Brett and Yoko are struggling. It's, it's by, by easily it's had to have been the main event with the least intrigue going into any mania up to this point and then you've just got a, a we, we talked before about um, using mania mania 14 as an example main well using all of them as an example to some extent 
they have it's a card that right wrong or otherwise has matches that have build whether you like that build or don't like that build at this point we're still very much in the case of and this was the same with manias before it we'd best throw some matches on the card so you know, yeah Tatanka Sean is built basically off the fact of Tatanka's pinned him in a in a non-title match and a, and a six-man tag match but there's no there's no oh, real, damn. there's no real heat yeah there's no promos or there's nothing to sort of you know, let me get my wallet yeah um <laughs> Razor versus Backland is on the card. I can't remember that. Yeah, on the card. it was only about, <laughs> about, about, about four minutes long, and if I remember rightly, Razor wins with a small package. Yes, he does. Um, to to why, a cheer, by the way. Yeah, why? Why I remember that vividly, I have no idea. Um, Head Shrinkers versus Steiners, Steiners which also is a, is a good match, but there's nothing, no booking to it. No, no, right. it's just a rather standard match. Also, I'm pretty sure that match got bumped off the Sky uh, feed of this show. Steiners Head Shrinkers. I don't remember. Yeah, to be honest, I always thought that was odd. I can't um, remember that on Thomas Chapman's tape. Then it was. It was on his tape. It was. That, that match. That match was not on there. No. Okay. No. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just it's it's either meh or offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brett is just. Uh, I love Brett, but they're yeah. not. They're, he's not. He's not being treated as a champion. No, and, and being billed as the fightingest WWF champion. Oh God, what's underdog champion. No one's done a busier well, schedule. It, it's basically underdog champion without saying underdog champion, isn't it? Hence the old, I want respect sort of things. But the thing, like, I, watch, watching it back, what's the, the biggest thing that's built up for Yoko is Duggan in the first three months of the year because he kills Duggan. They do that great angle where he bonsai's him on the flag. Is it four or five times he does it? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the blood from the mouth. It's it's a great angle. And then you get Duggan's promos, you know, talking about his pregnant wife and stuff like that. And he, he's found a new All-American made 2 by 4 to come back and get Yoko Zuna. Yoko's wrestling Brett at Mania. And Brett's Canadian. This, this whole thing doesn't really work out that well. And it's like, so much time was given to that. And it's like, you kind of... You really need to shove Brett a little bit harder. And it makes me wonder, if, like... I yeah. Until Hogan came along, I wonder what the fuck they were going to do after WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, to, to the emailers' point, you, know, you talk about Yoko and it's too it's too soon from too. I don't really know what else you do with Yoko. The idea is he sort of ste- he's going to steamroll people. What sort of feud can you put him in? Maybe maybe you can put him with USA USA. You, <laughs> you can put him with Taker maybe as a theory, but you know. He's doing the job if that's the case, or he's not winning, mm. which you know, a, a schmoz DQ finish against the take or something may have been preferable to a clothesline and a leg drop. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just turgid. Yeah, and for people who think that, by the way, that Mr. Fuji gets a hard time when Dave Meltzer calls him the worst manager of all time, agreeing to that match with Hogan on such short notice. That was yeah. poor judgment. Derel- Dereliction of duty. <laughs> yeah, it really was. was it, well, why? Why did he even do that? I don't know. He wasn't really. under duress, was it? Well, Hogan, no. Hogan wasn't trying to get the match either. Hogan, he was there to help. Hogan, 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 Hogan just come out to <laughs> help his long time friend Brett. <laughs> yeah. And he was there to help his he was, buddy. He was, he, was, he was helping his buddy. And Little Fuji buddy. picks a fight with him. So, if you think about it, they wouldn't have even had a contract for the match. No. Yoko probably didn't even get paid for the match. No. Yoko headlined WrestleMania with Hogan and didn't get paid for it. <laughs> that is terrible management. Management, uh, I was going to say yes. skills, but. Uh, that, management, yeah. yeah, absolutely piss poor job. We'll move here to a uh, one that got a, a, a much higher positivity uh, ratio than, than that one. 
Uh, MRZFN on Pro Wrestling Ring has all pitched WrestleMania 20 as a top contender. You get Benoit with an epic Rumble win, leading to a character motivated jump to become the wild card in the already storied Triple H HBK feud, with strong development between the three of them from January to March. Undertaker Kane is a pay- yes, it's Undertaker and Kane again as a payoff for a big angle all the way back in November, with a pretty effective build from January to March, considering Taker wasn't even around. Eddie at his hottest as Miracle Champion against Angle, fresh off a great heel turn, which was actually quietly set up as early as January and executed really well in February. Evolution and Foley dating back to November with a really nice slow build featuring a lot of moving parts with seeds planted even earlier in the year and some dynamite segments along the way. Christian and Jericho which had roots all the way back in October or earlier with a Jericho-Trish angle burning along slowly uh, through a lot of twists and turns and Christian working first subtly then overtly as a major antagonist. Cena and Big Show which also built directly out of Survivor Series and incorporated a lot of different character bits that fed into Cena becoming a bigger and bigger star. Even Goldberg Lesnar which had seeds planted all the way back in November and developed really well through January and February. It fell apart somewhat after that since Goldberg stopped coming to work but even then Lesnar carried on with some strong character stuff to the end and they did their damnedest to work Austin in in a meaningful way. The event itself isn't the best mania ever but from Survivor Series all the way up to the show itself there's a lot of surprisingly layered and meaningful build that helped the matches feel important. If they hadn't thrown on an extra hour and filled it and filled it with filler matches uh, and if Goldberg Lesnar hadn't bombed I think it would be remembered as an all time great show. Joe Ankovic's on the Facebook page says that this one Springs is the best overall. Everything going into it was booked sensibly. Even the car wreck that was Goldberg Lesnar was set up really well, especially using Austin to at least give the audience something they wouldn't shit on. While the tag match clusters weren't exactly inspired, they were at least presented as free falls for each brand's tag, top, tag titles. Uh, Taker vs. Kane was months in the making, was all about the build rather than the match. Evolution vs. Rock and Sock magnificently used three legends to elevate two rising stars, and Cena was pushed to his first big stage encounter. Christian and Joko told a fun story uh, on the way to a match with a twist ending. Even the women's title got sensible and thoughtful build. And obviously Eddie versus Angle and uh, the main event Triple Threat received epic storytelling to their career topping wins. All in all there were a lot of high peaks and the valleys weren't that low. And Supremo on UK Fanform also votes this one says no one really ever really mentions Mania 20 but it had a cracking set of builds. They seemed to be firing on all cylinders around that time and you can really sense that someone had sat down in mid to late 2003 and mapped things out. Goldberg versus Brock for as shit as the match might have been had a brilliant storyline leading to it. From the initial tease when they bumped into each other at Survivor Series, to the increased physicality when they saw each other again at the Rumble, leading to the brilliant interactions at No Way Out. From Stone Cold giving Goldberg a front row ticket to the, to the first the angle where Goldberg jumped the rail and got arrested, then later on costing Brock the belt. It was perfect. Similarly, Kane vs Taker might have been a bit shit on the night, but they did a fantastic job hyping up the return of the dead man. Kane burying Taker at Survivor Series, the gong going off during the Rumble match, all the special effects as we got closer to the show. I was so excited for the old Undertaker to return Nothing beats that moment when Paul Bearer's voice plays over the speakers. Combine these with the fantastic Randy Orton Mick Foley storyline, which is arguably the last great thing Mick ever did. (laughs) The great Trish Jericho Christian Love Triangle, Eddie and Benoit's elevation to main event status, even Cena vs Big Show had a sense of excitement because Cena began clicking as a genuine star. Great stuff all around, early 2004 is easily one of my favourite time periods in WWE. So WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again. This had... Actually, I will say this. Before we talk about the match builds, the build for the show, this is the first time they stuck the fucking... the thing, the sign in the air, which granted we all kind of mark now, but the fact that that was there for a, like a full year before the show, it's like, someone's got their fucking head switched on here. They really hit the tradition element hard, which is missing when they when they did 30 a few years ago. 
the, you know, the, you know, look at these past WrestleManias and all these legendary moments when you're back at Madison Square Garden. The sense of overall history and tradition around the show. And the Shane p- and his son. Well, that that clip, <laughs> that clip on the day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I, this was a show that, like, it was just, again similar to Seventeen. It felt like when they do this show, it's going to be huge. This yeah. is going to this feels like a big deal before they've even started putting stuff together. And the fact that Benoit won that Rumble stunned me because the idea that he was going to be the guy to headline that show was kind of jaw-dropping and Eddie getting the belt too I, I mean I agree completely on the on the builds for like the evolution stuff with Foley and Rock was awesome that was the I think that was that might be the highlight and actually on the night that turned out to be the highlight too but again there's so many little great things here that the, the times when Angle had been like knocked down unconscious backstage but no one saw who did it and then times when Eddie would be down backstage but no one saw who did it and of course it turns out Angle was never hurt those times and the, the fucking the one great thing on Smackdown when Eddie Guerrero is going to fight Paul Heyman while he's, with, with, while he's handcuffed and then Kurt Angle comes out and slowly tapes his fists yeah, and just right. beats the fuck out of Eddie that was a great angle there's so many great little things Taker and Kane again god damn it really well built considering you know that the, the it is what it is but again just, yeah. the intrigue about you know oh my god he's come back as the dead man did nothing for me but god damn it worked yeah it really did nothing for me I yeah I Look, it, it's a very, it's a very good build. As much as I don't, I don't care for. Well, most of it's a good build. I'm not going to say Taker Kane was a good build because it's, it's building to deliver something I don't want to see. So how can I possibly say it's a good build? It was done very well. It was though. proficiently uh, put together. You just didn't like the, the products they were building. Right? The, well, exactly. So in, by, oh, well, by which definition, I'm not going to like the build, am I? No, but if, can, I don't, if I don't like the premise, you can like. I can, you, I can, you can like. I can accept that it's. Well, but um, you, know. you can say cars well, well constructed. You just don't like the overall shape yourself. But mechanically, it was it was well constructed. It's a beautifully engineered ugly house, is there what you're go, saying, Carl. Yeah, let's go with, with a great paint let's, job. Let, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, for enough, despite uh, maybe I'm going a bit off track here because we're supposed to be focusing on builds. I didn't love this mania that much, to be honest. No. I think you've always this is kind of a common thing we've come back to. Yeah, I think maybe over the years, the, 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 I do love the stuff with Angle slowly taping his fists. That's great bits of business. And Eddie winning but, the belt, how can you not love oh, that? Oh y- yes, one of those rare signs of sort of genuine emotion in a crowd, and you know it's not cheering just because a guy we like was you know we're generally li- we're genuinely living with this guy through this match. Um, I still maintain I think the, the match underwhelmed me and I think that's because well, of Angle un- and Eddie yeah and I think that's probably because of unrealistic expectations on my part but something just felt like it didn't click yeah um, Eddie's best days were behind him to be quite blunt around that period um, I, Benoit, don't, I, don't, ben, I don't have ben, as much of a fun moment for the build to the Benoit match funnily I enough. don't because it's it's one of those where to me it's I don't hate it or anything don't get me wrong but bear in mind this is supposed to in theory be Benoit's crowning and to me he is the third wheel in this and unfortunately that's always going to be an element to it because you can't cut a promo mm. unfortunately it, it, especially he, wasn't, he was never able to do but it especially just, dropped me cold when he moved to Raw because it's like he tapped out Lesnar at Survivor Series and they made a big deal about the fact that Benoit tapped out Lesnar and they never went back to it like they they, they no, Heyman, can, Heyman put him at number one so that he couldn't get to Brock 
and then he moves to Raw, and it's like, uh, he's, and he's the like I say, the also ran third guy to Triple H and, and Sean. Yeah, so having overcome those odds in the in the Rumble, it's also, he then decides, well, I can't overcome the odds again because Heyman's not going to give me a fair crack of the whip. Well, you've shown you can do it, so a babyface would normally then go the whole hog, but in this instance, not so much. Um, the the Orton. Stuff stuff. Is great. I mean, Fuck me, that's, feud. that's so well done. That feud. generally as a stark contrast, what did what did you notice about as the, the woman email pointed out there? You've got builds that are going back to November, things that have got their elements in October. You know, the the shortest build is probably starting in what January with with Benoit and the Rumble. That's your earliest? Uh, November. They, they did the Lesnar. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Latest, latest, I should latest. say. Latest, okay. sorry. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So there's clearly this focus there that, as we talked about with 18, wasn't there. Yeah, they sat They sat down and had the whole card laid out for this show like in by January at the latest, surely. Just from, from what you saw on television. And I almost... It's funny because I always, I always use that Lesnar... Goldberg one as an example not for the match because we, we know what a car wreck that ended up being but the, whenever I sort of speak to anyone about WWE in general and how they're terrible at build now and how they're terrible at build to manias generally these days for some reason I don't know why but I instinctively always go back to Lesnar Goldberg's example the tease was in November the tease was at Survivor Series the plan was from then they have no plans anymore. <laughs> I, and the thing is, that's it too. It's like people and people mentioned it there. You know, that, oh, they've added Steve Austin, so they were trying. This match was built so well. Goldberg Lesnar, what a that build was awesome with like Lesnar popping up here and then Goldberg popping up there and stuff like that. It was really good. I, th- I thought they did a really hell of a job with this. I think the one thing that helps compared to say eighteen because that's a universally not a shit one. This was something that it was important to Vince. To this show meant something just because of you know the yeah conf- it's, it's yeah okay so it's their own history but it is still their history and it's 20 and we're going to do it MSG so it's going to be in their eyes it's even grand, more grandiose yeah. so there was the real there was a real a care yeah um, they spent like five million dollars on like grassroots advertising on billboards and in oh, fucking pizzas sure, and shit like that so, so uh, to, to your point there Kieran the fact that it's 20 the fact that it's that it's MSG and this is yeah the sort of the nostalgic element in Vince's mind perhaps and wanting to portray this history underpins everything and I think maybe subconsciously for us as fans it underpins everything oh, as well oh absolutely no, absolutely it's always there this is going to be big because just because it's 20 and mm-hmm. obviously at that point they I suppose it wasn't like they haven't had hundreds before they'd had 19 previously so <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah no it was it was going to be bit, it was going to be important just because of those Roman numerals and you do it in MSG and yeah so it was the most self-imposed pressure I guess to, to do something but it, it I never felt it disappointed it didn't really obviously it didn't tickle the ivories like like a 14 did with that kind of you know one iconic real driving moment or um, on the show uh, in the build uh, for the show but the nature of it itself being 20 was made it big um, it was almost it's one of the things where you could almost I think in their mind the matches the number was the draw rather than the mm. matches which is why Vince was happy to roll the dice with champions of Eddie and Benoit yeah 
because yeah, it'd be, it'd be a feel-good element to a certain segment. To the other segment, it doesn't matter anyway because it's twenty. It will be a grandiose show, and that and the grandiose nature of it will also be the drawing card. So, um, slap on some big marquee matches too. Goldberg, Lesnar, Rock's yeah, coming back. Exactly. So that the, they were kind of uh, as a number of. Uh, backstops in there in terms of the buyer results so a number of elements would have made it interesting yeah. where you hear the word backstop these days is the positive <laughs> positive vibe Mania 11 gets a nomination here from Tiger Rick on the UK fan forum I thought I might need to think about the worst given the dreary recent shows but then I realised it's obvious it's Mania 11 I'm still more annoyed than any alleged grown man should be about that dog shit rumble with the bogus 10 second gaps between entrants for the main event which is overshadowed completely by Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy in fact the entire show is built on celebrities because the roster is diabolical Brett is fucking around with Backland Razor is retreading over the IC title RIP Bundy and all that but he's killing Taker's popularity which just leaves the eventual main event Bigelow pulls off a miracle on the night but heading in you've got a football player building his little team to go up against Bigelow in the worst faction in the history of the company even worse than DOA it's a hideous time Mania 11 there gets a vote for the worst build up in history and it's kind of hard to argue because this watching the TV from this kind of period of time the only guy that really looks like he's trying is Bigelow because <laughs> you kind of get the sense that he believes this is like the break of his career well he's been told he's going to get put, put, L, put LT over and we'll give you a monster push as a baby face afterwards like even in, in when you watch it back the stuff with Sean and Diesel it's like they're pushing Sid harder than they're pushing Sean because obviously Sid had joined as, and, and becomes you know, Sean's new bodyguard and stuff like that and it's like they're pushing they're, Sid, Sid. They've already got the right on Sid and Diesel. Well, and, and then you know, we we can never stray too far away from obviously Vince's mindset of Sean's a small guy. Mm. And nothing else on the card, to be quite honest, is even worth talking about in terms of build. Because well, we got that excellent chess match between Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Bob <laughs> Backlund. Well, there was going to be no build for that. Was the car? That's just a special treat you get on the night. Oh, treat? Would you say? I think so. Interesting use of the word treat. Um, I can't think of a single match on the show other than that I mean you couldn't call the Razor Jarrett roadie deal a, uh, oh sorry the, the retread I should say the, the three way feud with one two three kid as having like a particularly exciting stimulating build did it was you just not, a rematch did you not get a raging boner for the return of Yokozuna as Owen Hart's mystery partner well, that, take on the smoking guns well that was again the build of the mystery partner there wasn't really it wasn't really hit all that hard that it was going to be anything all that special it's the smoking guns you know <laughs> I just thought, like, why's Nightheart? Where's Nightheart gone? I didn't really understand what happened to Nightheart. I didn't realise he'd been fired again, but... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you've got to take a few... Take a Bundy! Fucking, that bill was t- fucking dog well, shit. Well, this is... Is this... Is this really the, the... The low point of Taker's run? Yes. Would you say? Well, there's had a few, but I, I consider... I mean, this, this sort of... I'll call it, like, the first... Well... Basically, ninety-five is a whole actually. When you think about it, the first he's half of ninety-five well, Taker is not. He's pretty. starting with IRS. Yeah. Then he's moving on to because Bundy. the dead can't pay taxes. <laughs> then it's Bundy. Yeah. Then it's Karma. It's Karma, but he has to lose to Mabel in the King of the Ring. Then it's Mabel again. Yeah. Which goes all the way through to December. Ninety-five is a rough year for Mark. Jesus. Yeah, but they're all his buddies, so I'm not giving him any sympathy. <laughs> yeah, he probably lobbied for it. Yeah, BSK. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a terrible bit. Talk, talk about the you know, the the fall for Brett in this twelve-month span. To go from being at MSG at Mania Ten, paraded round as the champion, for, for seemingly finally getting the props 
as champion and to, which is then going to segue into the feud with Owen which I, I thought was great to then reach to this point where you've been fucking around with Bob Backlund for the better part of five months <laughs> Jesus Christ Lex is irrelevant by this stage he's teaming with David Boy against the Blue Brothers or whatever the fuck they're called <laughs> the, the, the neo-Nazis um, not a lot of build for that either by the way you know, they're all yeah, no, chucked, in, chucked in, together in fairness, in fairness it's not built but it, it, it speaks to the the degradation of the product at this point <laughs> Poor Lex. And what's it underpinned by? You're you on a, what's fire, it, what's you on a piss and fire about Bret Hart's 12 months. Look at Lex Luger's. Yeah, but Bret has talent. The wheels. But Lex Luger has that. The wheels came off the Lex Express in August of 93, and let's not pretend otherwise. But, but Lex had that great singlet with the, with the white and uh, red stripes. We were at King of the Ring. Do you remember that? King of the Ring 94, when he comes out and does a run in. Oh, God. It looks like a barbershop pole. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's just, just tripe. And the thing is, too, it's sad because it's like it's quite exciting when Sean won the Rumble, you know. I can't. This one, one, what up to that point was the second worst Rumble, but ahead of '93, just yes. It's just it's a weird. That's not Sean's fault, by the way. You just look at the roster. Really, heel Sean as well. Let's mm. It's this weird, weird feel about this card. It doesn't even feel like a WrestleMania. No, it doesn't. It feels like an in-your-house held at Madison Square Garden. It just it doesn't <laughs> feel like a WrestleMania whatsoever. Yeah, this one thankfully <laughs> wasn't. It's at the Hartford Civic Centre. How is it? Mania 20 was where it all begins again, but Mania 11 was WrestleMania coming home. Was it? To Connecticut. Was 11, it? Because yeah. everyone's supposed to remember that Titan Towers Why is in Connecticut I... and Vince lives in Connecticut. Why do I think it was 11 then? I mean, sorry, MSG. Ten was. Ten, ten was. I know ten was, before. obviously. Ah. You just got memories of grandeur, grandeur that uh, then oh, exists. God, that's the worst I can remember. The is the Hartford Civic Centre. Okay. With all their empty red seats dotted around on Jesus camera. Jesus Christ, to start the show. Yeah. A real crack. Where were you on that one? Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Uh, let's get to another rather random one here around the same time period actually surprise has got a mention WrestleMania 13 we Al in the UK fan form says I don't know if this has been met with as much appreciation by others but I loved the whole period between January and March for WrestleMania 13 I started watching around the build to Survivor Series 96 so I was new to this whole wrestling carry on at the time and everything just felt so exciting maybe it's because I was new to it all but I've been watching the period back recently over the last few months and some of the episodes of Raw are fantastic I know the card they ended up with isn't really that close to what they were planning several months before and everything changes constantly with Sean and Brett's bickering and inability to smile. But by fuck, if all the shite backstage affected what ended up on screen, they ended up doing so for the better. The story obviously deviated every week, it felt chaotic because it was chaotic, and all the top guys were weaved together on screen, probably because Vince didn't know what piece uh, he was going to be able to put where by the time they got to Chicago based on the backstage carry-on. But one thing it never lost sight of was the title. Brett wanted the title, and Stone Cold. Sid wanted it too, and Sean to boot. Austin wanted the belt, and Brett. Vader wanted the belt, and Austin. Taker wanted Austin and the belt. Sean wanted the belt, and Brett, as long as he didn't have to lose, I suppose. All along the way of a great Royal Rumble, that fantastic four-way in your house, several brilliant episodes of Raw with Austin and Brett trying to kick the lining out of each other, and that cage match at the end with Taker trying to help Sid, and Austin aiding Brett, each their main enemy, all because they needed their match to be for the belt at WrestleMania. It made Mania feel important 
important. It allowed the belt to feel important again, and it allowed all of the top guys to not have to exist in a bubble with their current program. It may have been accidental at times along the way, but it but it kind of didn't feel that way in the end. Plus, we ended up with Bretton Austin, so everything that went on ended up as a perfect building material to allow that match to get over the way it did, and to still be one match of a very select few that to this day could be held up as the best in company history. Look, I absolutely love Austin vs. Bret. It is still my favourite match to this day. But it was a great match in spite of the build, not because of it. Yes, there were one or two interactions, and that was an interesting dynamic with the cage match. But it's not a real focus. I mean, you want, you want to talk about a build that's throwing shit at a wall. Uh, regardless of what the circumstances behind it were... You've got Sean winning the belt at the Rumble to then vacate it. You've got the whole controversy over the Rumble finish that leads to the match at Final Four being for the belt. Brett has a 24-hour title run because he loses to Sid the next night on Raw, which starts a Sid-taker program which has next to no build in and of itself. Because let's remember at this point we're still doing Manias in March, not April. We're not, we're not having a Marchless pay-per-view as we would uh, we would get in later years. Outside of that, what else you got on this card? You've got the tag team of Mankind and Vader against Bulldog and Owen, so two heel teams squaring off. You've got that the tag team, the, the multi-tag team match that opens the show that has no build. You've got Gold does Triple H as much as anyone wants to care about that, and not, not many much. people did. No. China was the most interesting thing about the build. The, the one match of consistent build, or the one yes. problem of consistent yes. build, is the six man. It's Ahmed! With the nation against Ahmed and LOD. Coming to a timeline near you soon, by the way. Yeah, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> episode 151 will be the, uh, the, the next episode of the timeline, and it's entering the year 2000. That's going to be big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but doesn't that in and of itself speak volumes? Yeah. Sean does colour comes from the main event, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. Comes out, dances, does the, oh, oh my knee's it? hurting yeah. before he yeah. goes to the ropes, holds up his jacket and does the click sign in his hand, you know, just away from Vince. If he loved this build, more power to him, but... Not you, not for you. I I can't defend it. Tell me I'm wrong, folks. Tell me I'm wrong, please. Well, the buy rate agrees with you, so I, I can't I can't I can't, I can't criticise any uh, your objections too much. Um, I see what he means. The chaos, the chaos made for an exciting TV show, um, but especially that the cage match I do have a great fondness for. Especially Brett's freak out afterwards. And the one thing that I will say was built well was the, the gradual kind of breakdown of Bret Hart during those first few months of the year because he keeps getting fucked over Bret was interesting that's to me is like the consistent thing that is, is the nation obviously you mentioned there the breakdown of Bret and Austin at least they kept Austin persistent but Austin was constantly gunning for Bret so when they did do that match it kind of made sense because at least they were still hitting on it I couldn't call it the best build up of I wouldn't call it the best at all <laughs> in terms of all round show I wouldn't, I wouldn't no, say so if, close. If, if you have if you if the focus had been Austin Brett, which was never the plan, if that had initially been part of the plan and been the focus, 
it could have been the damn side better than it was. Yeah. Not not the match itself. I'm, I'm talking strictly about the build. Yeah. But yeah, it's just what what else is there to this to this mania? On the build, <laughs> nothing. There's really nothing. I I I, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly on on the the. the, the Disintegration of Brett's character in, in the way he's being screwed over, but just whilst he is interesting, whilst that cage match is, is an interesting dynamic, watching Raw every week on on the way through to it, outside of whatever Brett's doing, is really not very interesting at all. <laughs> Un unless <laughs> unless unless you really get your jollies off for Rocky Maivia versus the Sultan. Silence in the auditorium. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this is not going to uh, sniff WrestleMania 14 so far on the on, on the high front. Um, but we'll move to one on the guy. A bit of support here. CS and Pro Wrestling only says I'll probably be one of the lone defenders, if not the lone defender, of the WrestleMania 8 build. Yes, there was a messy transition from Hogan versus Flair to the double main event of Hogan versus Sid and Flair versus Savage. Somehow the DF managed to make Hogan Sid seem like a dream match, even if the end result was utter shit. And Savage versus Flair a very nasty feud. Elizabeth was mine before she was yours. Woo! And let's not sleep on that amazing Brett versus Piper face versus face build and match for the IC title. Plus, fun pairings like Undertaker vs. Jake and Sean vs. Tito. Of course, then I ended with the epic return of the fake Ultimate Warrior, because the real one died, according to Schoolyard Chatter. I was thoroughly sports entertained leading into Mania 8. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Something savage on Pro Wrestling only says, I was a total Brett Mark through and through, so they fucking got me with the IC title setup. I bought the high fever excuse when he lost to the Mountie and was absolutely good to find out he'd lost that belt. So the most basic build around him fighting a family friend to get his belt back was all I needed. Good point about Sid and Hogan feeling larger than it had any right to around this time, because that's the charm of Sid. <laughs> the guy feels, functions, walks, talks, and operates strictly as a top guy. Fuck over analysing his matches. The guy's a believable, unhinged monster just bodying dudes left and right. Sid was the anti-Hulk. He was Arkansas's answer to Ivan Drago. Excellent, <laughs> excellent shout-out on the way Flair and Savage came together so quickly and seamlessly. Slick Rick targeting Liz and triggering Randy was the only way to go. Plus, this feud forever gets bonus points with me because it was done very well in both the Drift and WCW. Liz as the damsel in, the, in distress is classic, but Liz, versus, Liz and woman as Rick's sister wives is something else altogether and an awesome, perverse maturation of the grudge. And a showstopper on Wrestling Forum also says, Flair Savage is the first feud that really got me as a kid and pretty much the first one I remember. Flair played such a great asshole heel with the Photoshop pics of him with Liz, even though we learn after the match they weren't real. But going into the match, everyone thinking, could Liz really do that to Randy? Or at least I did as a kid. Savage going crazy in every segment he had, just itching to get his hands on Flair. And it can't be stated how great a job Kurt Hennig did as Flair's manager at this time, stirring the pot along with Heenan. Yeah, I was going to say Heenan on every TV show <laughs> saying he's seen the picture. I've seen the yeah, come in. That's, that's anticipation <laughs> then you had Hart Piper and Hogan Sid being labelled as Hogan's last match with the WWF great build even Taker Jake and Sean Tito interested me and were good builds for such lower card matches I just a nitpick quickly was there a build to Tito and Sean I really don't remember I don't remember it <laughs> I don't remember it at all um Yes, it's sort of it's a sort of messy transition initially with how they get to the matches, but um, and you know, there will always be that part of you that thinks Mania Eight really should have been Hogan and Flair. But having said that, what they do is built well. 
Sid Hogan is never going to deliver in the ring. In some way, Kane Taker at Mania 20 is never going to deliver in the ring. But, you know, Sid putting people on the stretchers, you know, pushing them into the steel steps, destroying the barber shop. Oh, that was great. When the fucking cannon, whatever the fuck it is, explodes and goes all over yeah. his face, but he's still there cutting his crazy fucking yeah. break. He doesn't let it break him. Yep, yeah, and. Good yeah, stuff, Sid. Whilst, he knows he's live. Absolutely. And whilst there's. Uh, <laughs> Whilst there's extenuating circumstances for Hogan's departure, you know the, the that element of will this be Hogan's last match plays into it very nicely. The sit down with Vince, yeah, smarmy and preening though it comes oh, across. Nauseating. You know, it it works for the time. Um, Sid was hot. I'm, you know, I'm actually like in retrospect again watching some of these old shows, these old probably, superstars. Probably the, probably the best use of Sid. Sid. Sid, before they turned him, Sid was really over as a baby. Like he was far more over than I remembered. Like even at the Rumble, and they obviously they did the great thing at the Rumble when Sid throws him out fairly. Fairly. And after that, they have the, sore loser Hulk Hogan. Of course. And after the match, and they're doing the deal, the, and Sid gets on the knee, the fans are with Sid. Yeah, they're yeah, chatting for Sid. Yeah, those fans in New York are with Sid. Yeah. Yeah, they always were, weren't they? The, the, the smart fans always had Sid's back. Plus, he's so tall. Yeah, he's big. Yeah. Brett and Piper deserves an extra mention as well here, by the way, because there was some. There was some awesome. Actually, you know what? There's two. There's two little segments that I just popped in my brain. That I gotta okay. mention. First of all, Ric Flair. Who never got to wear suits as much as I liked in the WF. He always had to wear the robe. But there was there was a there's the press conference when they I guess the, not the first one when they announced it's gonna be Hogan and Flair, but the second one when they just that they're, they're rebuffing the fact that it's gonna be Flair versus Savage now. And and Flair rocks up in a suit with this robe over the top. <laughs> that, that, that's special. And he didn't look like a complete wanker either. Only Flair can play. Yeah, yeah, I, I see this. Yeah, it's 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 rough going, but it's it's pretty awesome at the same time. I say this is the sort of um, it's it's the nearest you get to Flair really being the nature boy in WWF because mm. he he was never yeah. quite he was he was never quite sort of you know, full throttle was it? There wasn't sort of reserved, but this. With Liz, with all the shit stirring, and that's that, that's more so prime nature, but we all love to see her. <laughs> the sleaze uh, of flair. Every, came every time back. I see her, I'm going to kiss her on those moist, wet lips. Oh, yeah, it's just so uh, difficult. Sleazy Rick. Oh, flair. what was the line? What was the line he said to Jean about the temperature in her room is the best? He had some line about the temperature in her room being really good or something like that. And, and oh, the, the temperature in her pool. And one that doesn't get talked about. I mean, Brett Brett Piper is is great. Cause you have a sort of a, you know, a, a longish build when it comes to the IC, but not necessarily with interaction of Brett and Piper initially. But see the Mounties involved, and you have you have the the, the Piper Mountie match at, at uh, Saturday night's main event where Brett's going to get to face the winner and sort of goes from there. And, and we all love the promo before beforehand before the match. match. There was actually there's a great promo in the build where it's Brett and Piper just sitting together, like Eugene interviewing them both, and Piper's all you know downplaying this is like a couple of weeks before Mania where he's talking about how, you know, God's a family friend and I really don't want to do the match to be quite honest. And Brett is hungry for his belt and says in that case then I'll just win by forfeit and take the belt. And Piper kinda of gets all hot and they, 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 then they yeah. rise up and they start yeah. talking to each so other. I, I totally think that is a uh, an accurate representation of the Sean and Brett conversations with Vince backstage. Yeah, Brett. Sean was like, "I don't want any trouble. 
Brett was like, well, I'll have the belt then. Sean was like, well, that's not very fair. And it escalates. Escalates from there. Absolutely. Brett, Brett, so Brett obviously just says, okay, well, when him and Piper are doing the face-off, Brett says, I'll see you there. Turns around and walks away, and Piper gets the icy belt and walks up to him like he's going to fucking drill him from behind, and Brett turns around, and, just, and Piper stops, and then Piper just says, I would have had you, and walks away, and it's like, fuck, this is good, I love Piper. Piper's so great. I do it again. Yeah. I do it again, and Brett says, I would have had you, and he- Probably just put, not today. Yeah, they play off it. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That is fun. So there is, there is um, some good build, and maybe a little. I'm glad I got mentioned. It's sort of underappreciated build, not the greatest match in the world, and we know we now know he asked for his release beforehand and helped Vince up for it apparently. If you can Jake, believe him. If you can believe him. And I don't. Old, <laughs> old, old piss drinker himself, Jake Roberts. <laughs> Someone's been reading Twitter. Jake Roberts and, and take it. That's that's good build. Yeah. You know, coming out of the, oh, the, the funeral parlor. Coming, coming out of the savage Jake match at the main event where um, he stops him hitting Liz with the chair. And then they get to the funeral parlor. Whose side are you on? Not yours. And then with the hand trapping, the chair across the back multiple times. DDT. And Bearer gets it. First time I see Bearer really get laid out by a. Ki- you know, he, as he sat there, he sort of just kicks the urn away, yeah. and you get the, the Jake's yeah. ace during this time. You get that, you know, that great promo beforehand. I'm all, I've always been the snake you've got to worry about, and it was all just a little fun. Yeah, it was all just foreplay, just a little fun. <laughs> no, I'm not playing. Yeah, yeah. The DDT's where it lays, big man. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now to uh, an interesting one to discuss: WrestleMania 22. Uh, Otto Den Vons on the UK fan forum says I love WrestleMania 22 it's a bloody good card which holds great personal memories for me being the first one I ever watched live but I have huge problems with the build up for both the main title matches on this show let me illustrate this with two quotes to refresh your memory on the raw side you've got you happen to not be a very good wrestler <laughs> and on the Smackdown side you've got Eddie's down there in hell oh my god <laughs> trying to build Big time. <laughs> trying to build a title match using a dead man's memory whose body was barely cold is always going to be in poor taste but it could have had some upside if handled correctly <laughs> however the tacky Mysterio rumble victory and the senseless way he was portrayed after that was classic WWE babyface booking Ray being dumb enough to put the shot on the line and then lose it toward it no way out having to mope around <laughs> having to mope about the injustice only for Teddy Long to reinstate him in the match after which he pumps his fist and hugs the turnbuckle like a child who's just found a shiny Charizard did the opposite in preparing Ray for his newly bestowed role as plucky underdog hero champion. His title run went down like a wet fart on a Tinder date for many reasons, uh, losing to Carly and Menry on SmackDown, for, uh, for example. But here was the first clue they just didn't know what to do to make him a success in that position. The fans in Chicago wanted Angle to win this match, and I don't blame them. John Cena vs. Triple H was also a case student how to make a baby face look like a chump with zero regard for the future. Here's the face of the company who's going to be further minted in this position by beating an established star at the big show. Yet his opponent is allowed to denigrate him for real, referring to his shit wrestling ability. See this cheesy lines in response don't help the situation. His a mark of a true champion is speech at the press conference makes me cringe to this day. But Triple H's selfish might work drew attention to Cena's flaws and only encouraged fans to put the boot in. <laughs> Cena is depicted as a character who'd be destroyed and despite winning the match the build up was so distorted that it reinforced a stigma on a guy which in some corners still holds to this day great show though Mania 22 on the worst builds front 
keep in mind Sean Vince was the other highly touted match on this uh, on this card um, on the worst one I mean in terms of distasteful oh it's it's up there it's up there it's, I mean I Mania 7 didn't get a vote for worst by the way I'm surprised by that um, more of a recency bias enough, a lot of time passed perhaps yeah distance from the, from yeah. the situation yeah not not necessarily at the forefront That's, of people's minds I have to think what that was for a second but yeah um, um, people have just forgotten yeah there you go of course we've had another Iraq war since then anyway so yeah yeah, yeah. events dear boys events um, well I I think we've talked about it in previous podcasts and I've, I've talked to you enough about how much I hated the Rey Mysterio push to the belt I not because I've necessarily got anything against Ray, but it's just you know he did you know take in the soul of Eddie Guerrero and no, nothing about the build was about Ray. No. So why why should you and care? It could have been. Why it should have been Ace? Yeah. Why should you care about him? Yeah. Because it's not about him. It's lifetime cruiserweight, a luchador, mask guy, Mexico. You know this whole thing could have been so great about Ray. And kind of yeah. a superhero. Yeah. yeah. If you can you can ha- you could have had a nice touch afterwards. He can. He can dedicate the win in the match to Eddie, or you know, you know, this one's for you, Eddie. Sort of, you know, you can do a nice take because I dare say it would have been emotional. That's you know, a nice thing you could have done. And instead, yeah, you barely let Eddie's corpse be buried, and then you play it into a storyline. And Eddie's in hell. And you have, you know, and then having won the rumble, he then ends up having to backdoor his way into the into into the title match through a charity case. Hmm. Yeah. That and sounds oddly familiar, yeah. by the way, considering yes, current events. Yes, yeah. bear that in mind. And then, lo and behold, the fans care about the actual champion, Kurt Angle, <laughs> who, is the, who is the wrestling machine. That was pretty ace, actually. Yes. I mean, Orton... Orton had never really recovered from the Triple H feud, even to this point, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a bad build, done in poor taste... And is this possibly the is this the worst example of the of the, the triple H burial behaviour? Booker T. Okay. But yeah, good worse. point. Booker's worse. <laughs> Booker's, Booker's much. Booker is far worse. Yeah, quite right. That shows in the Hall of quite, Fame, I believe, this year. Quite right. Um, Golden. <laughs> gold plated. Gold plated shovel. Yeah. Uh, even even so, this is pretty bad. And I'm trying to remember from my head what the reactions were like to. Cena before we got to me. Obviously, it was bad at Mania, and we knew it was going to be bad at Mania. They were booing him. But They'd been booing him since SummerSlam the previous year against Jericho. Ah, the Jericho match. That's yeah. it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you. Th- this build just gave, as the emails were on, license for the fans to buy into those notions and just run with it. But that lovely backstage tidbit call it's that we remembered for a long uh, time. Uh, for the, the traditional Triple H, H's fucking comments about the reason why Cena was getting booed was because his opponent, Kurt Angle, couldn't play heel. <sighs> Meanwhile, God. when it comes time for Triple H to feud with him, he's all about getting a little fucking pat on the ass from the smart marks. Oh, yeah, but that oh, was yeah. different. That was different, Liam. Because he was harnessing it all. Well, he was, no, he was, yes, exactly. It was intentional because he was trying to make sure everyone knew that John Cena wasn't on his level, so for, therefore John Cena would eventually drift away from his level. That mm-hmm. was the intention, so that was fully, you know, cognitive of that reaction, whereas Kurt wasn't in control of his reactions. Oh. So it's different, yeah. And, yeah, just, even, even so, even, even saying that, it's one thing to have 
Triple H do these burials it's, it's in his nature to do it as, as he's want to do as he's want to do but as a response you don't have to give Cena such a weak follow up you know the, the sort of the I'll try my best I'll, I'll thank you so much have another I'll, 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 I'll fight my hardest rah rah no you, you have him whilst I don't care for you know terrible rap have him <laughs> or generally don't care for rap music it has to be said no <laughs> you just just let Cena cut promos more of that ilk on him you know just with a bit of bit of nastiness a bit of needle to him no no I'm going to work hard and here's me at the Hard Knocks gym or whatever the fuck it was called in West Newbury yeah you know and to just top it all off and come out of the fucking Tommy gun Jesus Christ I, I I'm befuddled that Carl Ghetto Jones doesn't like it <laughs> I, I had him pegged as a Wu-Tang Clan guy myself yeah <laughs> I have a Wu-Tang Clan album Maybe uh, really just to throw that out. <laughs> oh, maybe I see. I was right then all along. How about uh, uh, no? I was, I was going to drop a name of an NWA album, but that's that would be a good yeah. idea. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what, what else? We, and so, as a general sense, yeah, I agree with the emailer. But what else have we got on that card? Whilst whilst we think about it, Undertaker, Mark Henry. Oh! <laughs> uh, that's my soul leaving my body. By the way, uh, where's that insert? Dare I say it, this may come as a shock to all our listeners and maybe even around the table. Mickey and Trish was a good build. <gasps> Fucking what's that guy's name? Jack. The guy yeah. they kidnapped. I thought that was, was that, oh no, that wasn't after that was before. No, it was before. Okay, okay, maybe I should take that back. Yeah. Um, Jack, first okay, of all, okay, two okay. things are great okay, about okay, that. Okay, let, I'll 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 yeah. Yeah. The second time in my issues with chronological order here. Okay, let's backtrack slightly. <laughs> we'll just roll back ever so gently there, saying Mickey played her role very well. Yeah, she did. She's great. We'll say, we'll say that. Uh, that's a good build. The Jack stuff the was Jack stuff's wacky. Right, yeah. But, you know, at least Mickey James... Both these two bitches are crazy! <laughs> Somebody help me! I know, that was after Mania, though, wasn't it? Was it really? That bit, that bit was after uh, Mania, because that's, uh, that's the one where... What's her face? Where Trish is acting Trish, like Mickey. Trish dresses like Mickey and... He comes out with the sort of line that everyone would come out with in theory. Yeah. If it were real, this <laughs> if, if it were us, yeah, that's what we'd say. She kidnapped him, that's what she was making. And when she said, it got anything to save yourself, and she undid the gag, he just acted like he was like a guy off the street, like, I think you two bitches are crazy, but someone fucking help me, please. <laughs> Poor guy done nothing wrong. Yeah, he's just some dude. You know, um, is there anything else that's really built up? There's the first Sean money. Vince. Parking back to Montreal again. Oh yeah. Remember that the day yeah, that everybody fun. thought Brett was going to be there because Brett had been like inducted to the Hall of Fame the night before, and everyone's like, "Come on, Brett, you've got to be there at Mania. Come on, no, Brett, you've got to do go- the angle." I'm not going. And Brett, for like weeks, is like, "No, I'm leaving as soon as the Hall of Fame's finished. I won't be there. I'm not going to be on the show. I'm not even going to show up to acknowledge my Hall of Fame induction <laughs> on the show because I think it's in bad taste." And lo and behold, he flew out that same night. Yeah, he did the show, then flew out. Just like he said. Just like he said he would. Man of his word. Um, so, I mean, you get the spirits going involved. Yeah, because oh, there's the Shane match on the Saturday night's main event before. Mm-hmm. Is there, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I mean, Sean, Sean's quite funny during the match. I mean, you know, mocks Vince's pose and all that sort of thing. But Oh, this, again, this, the show itself is, I, know, I think yeah. it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Edge and Foley have a decent build to their uh, hardcore that's a, match. That, that's a good build. 
Yeah, the build's probably not... Shaky build. Shaky build. At best. Yeah. At best. We'll move to one that isn't shaky, though, because this is another contender for the best ones, and it's one of my favourites, and uh, I think I probably would appreciate this a lot more had I lived through it, which I didn't, which is WrestleMania 3. Uh, Poor Jock Cash on the UK fan forum says, This has a tremendous build with Hogan and Andre on Piper's pit, Jesse playing his role superbly. Piper's retirement match was also a great build, uh, with the Piper's pits in the flower shop against Adrian Adonis. Uh, Ace and Morocco were involved, Piper on crutches, it was awesome. The Savage Steamboat build with the dragon coming back from the crushed throat was greatly booked. Satellite's main event had done decent builds with JYD and Race, in fact nearly all the matches had slight builds to them. Best WrestleMania for me, he says. Uh, Sec69 on Pro Wrestling Only says, WrestleMania 3 was great too, you had several well-built angles and feuds all paying off on one show. Andre turning heel and confronting the unbeatable hero Hogan in what was a match no one thought would ever happen. Ricky Steamboat heroically coming back from having his throat cr- crushed by the evil macho man with the bonus of George Steele's unrequited love for Elizabeth. Uh, former villain Roddy Piper embracing the fans while taking revenge on Adrian Adonis trying to steal his talk show segment. Even evil ref Danny Davis facing off against the people he'd screwed out of their titles. So uh, WrestleMania 3 gets a mention and I've, I've written about this before actually considering this like one of the most kind of by the book inch perfect WrestleManias in terms of great build up to big matches and then delivering the, the payoffs, the blowoffs on the show about as well as you could. Yeah, This I mean- is like an all time fucking great Wrestlemania not just for the, for the for the obviously attendance reasons and historical reasons with the, with the big main event but it was just it, this was built so well and again I really wish that I'd lived through the time to kind of get gotten a better sense of what the vibe was about this so in terms of it's all retrospective so yeah because in terms of differences the biggest interesting thing is when the um, I guess the story elements the angles when they took place mm. because you did it, obviously it's not your week to week to week yeah regimented Monday nights so you got like a Saturday main event and you've got your well you spread across your different shows wrestling challenge completely different pace yeah um, and I think the one thing just I was thinking this earlier today in terms of what even constitutes you know what what, what constitutes good build for people um, and when you take something like okay X7 and okay take out context and uh, but that would be the same with every case Fundamentally, it comes down to you, what, what is the memory of it that got leading into, and that was the My Way video and that, that yeah. one interview. This one, you've got the, it's obviously Andre ripping off the, 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 the chain and things yeah, like that. Hulk, Hulk, you're bleeding. And, 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 and the bit where he does the interview on the on the snake pit as well, where where Jake, and I think this, this is babyface Jake by this point, but he's, but he's showing Hogan the belt. The custom-made belt they've had to, you know, make for Andre. They've done this for Andre. They, you know, they think he's going to beat you. And uh, look how the, obviously the benefit is just scarcity of almost scarcity of TV, but scarcity of angles. When they dropped, they're so iconic and they stick in your head for forever. They're, yeah, they are, really are. It's like an, a promo, an interview. It's like. We see a billion of those every single week, and oh, nothing that, resonates. That, that, everything's so accelerated that it all just becomes a, a, a mash of things. Yeah, so and obviously it's a slower pace, yeah, less TV, less TV in general. Less big shows to build to. Yeah, no. Also, obviously today you've got just internet in general, mm-hmm. distraction of entertainment avenues. Just a different world, but the simplicity of it, it always works best when it's simple. And mm-hmm. it's a few iconic moments and then the rest of it is just other people talking about it basically yeah. you, don't, you don't need the same people talking about the same thing doing the same stuff over and over and over because people get bored of it and, and you'll lose um, the anticipation goes have other people talk about the stars that's 
it's just a completely different business and it's, you can be kind of, it's, yeah, you need to, yeah fast breakneck pace you need to slow it down um, so it's just so hard you can't compare but in terms of did, no. did it work well, yeah because yeah. it's <laughs> iconic it's you know entrenched in not only wrestling history it's almost Americana now Andre and Hogan is yeah. you know it's that's the match well in terms of its consequences you have this monster house it's I mean WWF is, is big by this point anyway, but it's it's sort of that this that, is like the flag cra- in the ground it's the crowning moment. moment it's the crowning yeah. moment for the company that, you know, this is what the nas- this is what national expansion has led to We've this moment <laughs> and such is the success obviously that Vince can play it off with the pay-per-view providers to shaft Starcade at the end of the year <laughs> and effectively put Jim Crockett out of business. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the consequences of it, are, you know, the ramifications are, are far, far ranging. Um, in terms of just the show itself, was it, you know, took out Hogan and, and Andre. Oh, I love that build. You know, this, is, this is babyface Andre of the last, what, 10, 15 years. Undefeated, you know, allegedly, undefe- for 15 years. Undefeated. Got a trophy that was smaller than Hogan's trophy for the uh, three years as champion. Yeah. Jesse Ventura's a shit stir. You're saying, yep. this one's bigger than this one. This one's made of gold. This is, like, cheap lead, you can tell. And, like, just, like, just stirring the pot. Great stuff here. And then him talking yep. about how he, you know, when, when Andre got reinstated, he was gone recently. When he came back, he wasn't at the hearing for his reinstatement, but Bobby Heenan was. Raising an eyebrow to Piper, I think I might know what's going on. It's bigger than Watergate, and he, he, he refuses, yeah. refuses to say what it is. And then he goes, yeah, "Him and Piper on the Piper's pit are arguing about it." And Piper's like, "If you can produce Andre, I'll produce Hogan. We'll get it settled." And of course, then he rocks up with with Heenan. And Bobby's there. Which always, what are you doing always, with him? <laughs> which is always a great element to any program if you can get Bobby into the mix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, even the yeah, Savage Steamboat is a wonderful. Build with him crushing his throat and again. That started and, what, October, October, November, the previous year. You have, you have the the Bruno Savage pull apart yeah. in the back following it. He was furious that yeah. he did this. The steamboat, you're out you're of line. Slime, <laughs> you're, you're slime. <laughs> yeah, you, you got yeah. The, the the learning to speak thing is maybe a little bit uh, much, but, but laid on pretty thick there. But as a there's a general rule of thumb. Yeah, and then again, Piper and Adonis, which is awesome, started August the previous year. Yeah, Piper comes back as a heel and just starts getting organically cheered. Have you ever seen the fucking match with like him and AJ Petruzzi or whatever that jobber's name was on on fucking? I don't know what he's on, but he just came out and he's just acting like a total heel. But it's the first time they've seen. It's there. We haven't seen you in a while, and you're a superstar. And fucking you're cool. Let's you're cool. Thunderous, thunderous ovation, and he doesn't do anything babyface the whole match. He puts one hand behind his back and just kicks the shit out of this job with one hand, and they're going nuts like he's the top babyface, and then. The, the deal starts with him and Adonis Adonis had overtaken the Piper's pit while he was gone and introduced the the, uh, the flower shop adorable Adrian Bob Orton comes in Bob with a Orton, pink yeah. cowboy hat as his new psychic when he used to be Piper's it's just, and it's just it goes back and forth promos just emphasising the point leading up to, to Mania Piper destroys the, destroys the flower the shop as, as, as the sort of exclamation mark before the before the, the big show and obviously you underpin it with the notion of this is Piper's retirement match mm-hmm. which I think he, I know he's back sort of eight, two years later, sort of thing. But he was genuinely he, he was genuinely approaching it as his retirement match, by the way, wasn't he? Because he was hoping that mm. this the, the the movie career would kick in, and he'd have probably eventually come back anyway. But you know, th- this this wasn't this wasn't designed to just be an angle at the time. Which makes you kind of surprised that Piper went over so strong. 
Yeah, well, it's Adonis, and Vince Vince was pissed off with his weight, apparently, wasn't he? <laughs> but because Adonis wasn't around much longer well, after that, was he? Well, it wasn't like it was any big surprise when he started the push. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this is true, but but again, Adonis isn't around much longer after no. that, is he? Um, and again, the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs and Tio Santana, both of whom have been screwed by Danny Davis, and then the, which leads to the six man tag. Danny Davis, a great chicken shit referee out of his elements, swaggering along yeah. in the match right. after plays, one step. Play, plays, plays the role very well. Um, Honky and Jake, Honky with, and the Jake with the guitar. Yeah, remember which, that? Is. Which is the start of all Jake's problems, if you believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure before that, it was clean as a whistle. Oh, absolutely. But, but yeah, yeah, that's a. It's a vicious, it's vicious fucking looking, don't get me wrong. And who could ever forget the uh, the JYD Harley Race feud with the, the the toilet around the head for Harley? Yeah, and the the, the no, that's so. the, the, <laughs> there's there's something that the throne the, jokes, the throne jokes, the notion of you know a black man having to bow down to Harley Race. That sort of they're not they're not really they're not sort of on the nose with it, but they're sort of that undercurrent is there, isn't it? And it's you know that being said, when we get to Mania. Harley bumps like a trooper to make it work. Harley works his bollocks off. Yeah, he really he does. To. He really he does. To. He doesn't get anything out of the dog. Oh, God, God, no. God, no. But, he, no, this was... And, you know, the matches were built well. And even if they weren't sort of, quote-unquote, excellent matches from a sort of, you know... Oh, I hate to use it, from a work-rate perspective... Maybe they're not the best matches in the world outside of Savage Flair, uh, Savage Flair, uh, a Savage Steamboat, but you hit the high marks right. Like you say, you get the you know, Hogan Andre isn't a good match, but you get the slam, you get the leg drop. Steamboat wins the IC belt, and you have that image of him holding it up whilst he's being whilst he's on the sort of mini cart going going away. You know, you get you get, this show. you get you get you get Bobby Heenan just destroying the car yeah, with, yeah. with Andre sort of swearing revenge. I get you home. <laughs> but but you you get those things. So even if even if what you've watched isn't brilliant beforehand, the payoff is just what you want. Yeah, but the that's what I say the the bill the bill was perfect because you knew what you wanted going in and then you got it. So. Mania 15 got a nomination. Max Power on the UK fan form. WrestleMania 15 was shit. On top, uh, you got Austin and Rock getting overshadowed by Vince trying to be a babyface and heel on the same show. Instead of the corporation being focused on Rock defending his title against Austin, you've got a bear in flames. Mr. McMahon lying on the ramp. What does this all mean? Nobody cares. <laughs> Plus, it all meant that Stephanie was on her fucking way. Underneath this shit show, you got Mankind and Big Show arguing about who gets to referee the main event. To this day, I never got mixed obsession with donning the stripes. Plus, Big Show jobs clean to Austin on the go-home show, which pisses away the main event of SummerSlam. But wait, there's more. It's a swerve, bro, as Road Dog wins the IC belt while Billy Gunn grabs the hardcore, despite all the storylines indicating they would compete for the opposite championships on Mania itself. I enjoy X-Pac and Shane, and any interaction between Rock and Austin themselves was first class. But Christ, you got to wade through the wank to find it. And Gay as Fook on the UK fan forum says, as a whole, it was bad. But Austin's path back to the title from the moment Vince steals it at breakdown. You don't have it anymore. It's mine. 
<laughs> right thing to getting fired bang 316 qualifying for the rumble and the second man is Vince McMahon the actual rumble match putting the shot on the line to do Vince versus Austin in a cage a month before the big show right up to the match itself it's legitimately objective in the top 5 builds of anything ever in my book I don't think anything overshadowed it at the time to be honest I think whilst we were all crying about the quality of the undercard in 99 the ludicrous amount of outsiders that era got on board and all likelihood got their pay-per-view bang for buck with that ending it's all that mattered was Austin versus Rock it's all that really had any I don't want to say care and attention but because really the build for Austin Rock isn't great in terms of what it could be it's, it's, it's barely interactive it's, no and, and Rock is spending most of his time with Foley because they're you know they're exchanging the, the title Vince is, is tied up with Austin to some extent whilst also having the corporation versus the ministry feud with with probably the worst incarnation of Undertaker, sometimes I go back and forth in my mind over which period's worse for him. In terms, of, in terms of which point I dislike the most, is it ninety nine? Is it two thousand and one? Usually I go to two thousand and one, but ninety nine's bad. This week it's two ninety nine. Is your particular Ministry yeah. Taker ask, is ask, your ask me ask me again tomorrow. Ministry Taker. Ask you in an hour. Shit. Ministry Taker. Shit. <laughs> Bossman. Bossman Taker in the cell is horrific. There's no thought. There's no thought. We could. The ministry was shit. It's a bit. Yeah, the ministry is shit, but it's a bit disingenuous to talk about building truth, really. Outside of what? Outside of Austin and Rock for three weeks, because that's about all you get. <laughs> outside of that. Everyone just remembers the beer bath. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and, like, and that's, that's, that's to give you an idea of just how much of a schmoz was it. Rock's farting around with the whole thing about his big show on his side or not. Yep, yeah, you, you got the, the cane. Triple H match, which is sort of thrown together off a two-week build. Road, as, as the email said, Road Dog and Billy Gunn winning opposite titles, so they're switched into in terms of which match they're in. That was bullshit. You know, the, the tag, <laughs> the, the challenges for the tag titles are decided in a battle royal on the free for all before the before. Uh, sorry, on heat. I'm really going back with the free for all. <laughs> yeah, they're decided in a battle royal on heat the night of the show. You know, the, the things uh, Xbox Shane is good build. Yeah, Xbox Shane is enjoyable, mainly for the posse. Mainly for the posse, but <laughs> the launching but, of peak gas. In, but in terms of in terms of build, yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, nothing is real. You know, the vast majority, we talk there about take a boss man is really half assed too. Like this, for hell in well, a cell, it's 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 a, it's a hell in a shell so much that's thrown in off the basis of a corporation feud, in which is basically taker. And member of the corporation this month, because this you know this month it's boss man by backlash it's shamrock. So yeah, we're in that sort of we're just there's no real dynamic to the individual taker is facing because the dynamic is taker Vince. Yeah. And why should anyone care about Vince at this stage? Because no one gives a shit about a bear on fire. No one in theory has seen Stephanie on TV before, so most people don't even care about her existence. And he's still trying to. Deprive the guy we love, Austin of the Bell. So why are we going to be sympathetic to him? It's it's probably it's messy. It's, it's probably it probably Russo at his worst in a WWF. Context. No, he got actually, worse. No, actually, no. He got no, no. worse. In, 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 no, yeah, he probably was worse. <laughs> even, even so, it's 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 a good one for the prosecution's case against Russo. Mm. It's a good example. I see. Um, yeah, because yeah, whilst it's whilst the Vince-Austin dynamic in the Rumble is an interesting dynamic that's a terrible Rumble that's booked 
you know, it's just not the, the build is really not good. I, I mentioned before about maybe the, the hubris nature of, of Vince, and maybe I overstated that with Mania um, seventy, uh, Mania eighty. Yeah, and sort of rest. I use the rest on the last stuff. I think this this would be a good example of it. You, got, you know what you made in of the sense is. Of, in the sense of the build can be a mess because at the end of the day we're giving you Austin Rock. Yeah, you know the main event. Was even Rock at that point though? It's just more just Austin getting the belt back. It's just Austin. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Well, we, we talked before. Rock about was how, hot. Granted, we talked talk more about how the dynamics change going forward. But if I remember right, this Mania 15 does a fucking big buy. Rate. <laughs> There's a huge buy rate. A, a bigger buy rate than the build deserved yeah I'd say so but again that was a spoke more to how popular the, the, the business was and, and how popular Austin's, they were Austin's, and Austin was. Austin's on the front of the Wheaties box that's true there's a fan holding that Wheaties box with Austin on the front of and that may that may seem like I'm being slightly sarcastic but that was you but but no but but someone being on the Wheaties box like like, like when they talk about how they're on the cover of TV guide yeah and, you know, Austin's on the cover of Rolling, Rolling yeah, Stone what, what like the sort of the, the Wheaties cereal box People associate Jordan with appearing on the Wheaties cereal box when he broke through into the mainstream. Katie Price, no, it's but it's yeah, don't get me wrong, it's not the be-all end-all, but it's just another example of how they've broken through into this sort of how Austin is not just a draw within the wrestling confines. It's it's both. Yeah, you know, he, he's, draw he's, now. he's broken through in in, in in several avenues. Let's move down to ones a little bit more recent here. Luke Moore on the Facebook page writes WrestleMania 31. A lot of the more recent manias blur together, but I seem to remember the build for 31 being particularly crap. Triple H polishing the golden shovel. He's been listening to us <laughs> while flogging the dead horse that was once known as WCW, and everyone being real confused as to where Sting had been for the last 10 years. Los Matadores having a WrestleMania match. Orton taking a beating from Seth and rejoining the authority anyway while we sat through a pointless slog towards the most predictable betrayal of all time. The build to Cena Rusev was the most cliched flag-waving shite I've seen since Hogan's slaughter at Mania 7. I love the tank! <laughs> Which Cena coming off as even more of a nationalistic douchebag than usual. Then there was the Taker Wyatt feud that didn't feature The Undertaker. They just had Bray calling out week after week only to get crushed when all was said and done. Roman winning the Rumble gave life to hashtag cancelled WWE Network and managed to get a pay-per-view crowd to boo The Rock in 2015. <laughs> and our last image from Raw going to the biggest show of the year was Roman and Brock pulling on the belt like they were toddlers playing tug of war. While the show ended up having some great moments, the build felt uh, overall boring and predictable, and I remember going in that my expectations were lower than any mania in recent memory. Adam, TH17 on the UK fanform says, since I've been watching, the worst build has to be Mania 31. Uh, you got Brock and Roman. Roman wins the Rumble in the biggest Roman wins ha-ha moment of all time, complete with a hilarious moment of The Rock trying to figure out why he's getting booed after helping him win. <laughs> yeah, that, that look he gave to the crowd. Yeah, that critical look. Hmm. Can you see me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm here, everybody. You've seen me bored before. <laughs> <laughs> they spend the first month after his win ensuring Roman gets booed at WrestleMania by having him cleanly beat Daniel Bryan, who is still beloved by fans everywhere. And the month leading into WrestleMania is carried solely by Paul Heyman, with Lesnar only showing up twice. And Reigns being made to stutter his way through corny promos, which did nothing to engage fans. Oh, this is the suffering, suffering succotash era of Roman Reigns. The build for this should have been so simple. It was the two biggest, baddest, toughest men squaring off at WrestleMania. Sting vs. Triple H, another build that should have been simple. Sting made his debut as a huge babyface, helps get rid of the authority. Great! 
Then it becomes clear that Sting and Triple H is the direction for WrestleMania. Sound familiar, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't Undertaker, but still. Sure thing. Go for it. We get months of cryptic promos. Heath Slade the dressing up in a Sting mask. Countless references to WCW because Vince cannot let that aspect slide, including Triple H mentioning he was going to kill WCW. Which is funny, considering it's been close for 15 years. They didn't understand any aspect of what made Sting so cool or popular in WCW and had to try and add their own gloss and production onto his character which was never going to work. It was a really horrible build for a match no one really wanted to see. Cena vs Rusev. Fucking hellfire this was awful. First of all it was based upon and solely on the tired trip of USA versus insert country here, with the added bonus of hot new heel jobs to Cena that was so prevalent through his run on top. They had Rusev beat Cena at Fastlane through interference, which is fine, I suppose, because it sets up the obvious rematch at Mania. But again, things couldn't be that simple. First, Cena decides to obtain his rematch by the means of borderline torture, choking Rusev unconscious, reviving him with water, and then choking him out again, this time in front of his hysterical girlfriend, in order for him to give her the match. Give him the match. This is fine, though, naturally, because Rusev is from Russia. (laughs) Then they bring in that fucking horrendous actor as a lawyer to attempt and argue the legalities of Cena obtaining a match in this manner, which went down like a dumpster fire. They made it clear throughout this whole thing that Rusev had no chance of winning, and then backed this up further by having Cena beat him in three successive pay-per-views. Wyatt vs Undertaker, a stone-cold build where Undertaker didn't show up once. This was the match that completely killed Bray off for me. He wasn't even deemed enough of a threat to have Taker bother showing up for crying out loud. This was just six weeks of Bray cutting rambling promos with no reply or consequence. The last time we'd seen Taker he was walking out of New Orleans looking every bit 50 years old, so there was no mystery or suspense towards his return. It wasn't the special attraction he'd been beforehand and didn't even have the draw of the streak to help him out at this point. Bray came out in a coffin, moaned for a few weeks, we saw some shoddy looking lightning and that was it. All Wyatt did was lose, so there was absolutely no reason to take him seriously by carrying the feud himself hampered any tension or anticipation people may have had toward this. Uh, T Lynch 106 on the FOW boards says 31 I remember going to and not even caring about the show. I spent so much more time planning my trip to Disneyland and the rest of the Cali sites and even call off the trip to the Raw after Mania because of how little I was looking forward to the show. Uh, actually, he talks about some, uh, some cool memories he has from the show and says uh, that Mania felt like it had no buzz at all that weekend with everyone hating Roman but it was the last great Mania they've had in retrospect uh, in terms of the show itself. So uh, WrestleMania 31 here Again, I kind of echo the, the the first sentiments. They blur together during this period of time for me. Yeah, very much so. But the that, Sting that's... Triple H one does stand out. Actually, and Roman and Brock, both of those stand out as being particularly uh, off the piece. As yeah, I, I, the, one of the emails I touched on upon how the build doesn't do Reigns any favors, and you know, it, don't get me wrong, it doesn't help, especially that last image of them playing tug of war with the belt. But I. I don't think even if you just do two badasses destroying people on the way I don't think that would have helped either I don't think that would have made a material difference to the way that the match and the show in general is received because irrespective of how you booked Reigns in that small window there he's still not Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan is who they wanted um Bray Wyatt couldn't ramble in promos for six weeks that's what Bray Wyatt's entire run has been in my eyes I don't really care never did never saw the appeal never will never, by the never, sounds of it never will no um, Sting Triple H uh, it just it's about WCW it's the whole WCW it really thing. is and 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 Bradshaw on commentary particularly in softball. this is the big leagues oh fuck off <laughs> I mean yeah it's just 
no one cares anymore. You know, there's people like me who are sort of nostalgic for WCW in the sense of we miss having a second company that's competitive, and yeah, you know, that actually forces WF to be on its toes and to actually you know, do things, things of consequence, not just your standard three-hour variety show that we get these days. You know, so I, I, I miss them not having competition in that sense. I don't care about WCW versus WWF anymore as a sort of as a historical item because it's been so long ago. Even Sting in his promos was trying to say it's not about that really. <laughs> like you can you can put that to the side. I'm not really bothered about WCW. It's really more about the principle of, of things, the authority, and like they keep there hitting are, it. <laughs> there, there are people who were not born when WCW died who can now legally drink in this country. <laughs> Yeah, no one cares anymore about the Monday Night Wars in terms of how long WCW went on and winning Street Four, or you know how Vince bought them out in the end and you know crushed his competition, got a grab by the throat and crushed him. And you know that's all great for Vince. It's you know great for him getting his jollies off, but no one cares about that as a build for anything in well, any context. Why would they? Because no. first of all. The WWF were the good guys in their paradigm. Uh-huh. Yeah. WCW were the bad guys. So what's the fucking hook for this lone gunslinger to come out of the wilderness to defend the honour of the defeated bad guy? That makes no sense whatsoever. And so he changed his fucking music. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's heel music. You knew what you knew it was going to be bad as soon as they played that fucking song the first time. But it wasn't Sting's theme. It was some fucking. <laughs> Dodgy, Rumby, fucking, fucking boring ass music. That's what it was. It was boring. Yeah. It wasn't dynamic. No. It wasn't no. Atmospheric. Because Sting. You know what Brian, it is? Br- br- you, you got, and you got Brian, who's the one baby face that the fans care about. And I, obviously, we, we can talk about his treatment to the point of ad nauseum. But you know, whatever way you look at it, he's the one they really care about. And he's in the multi man match, which starts the IC title match, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the, the thing with Sting. And it's echoed so deeply this year with Batista. By the way, it's, it's not encouraging when all the things we're, we're drawing parallels to are ones that get nominated for the worst yeah, well, build, by the way, just to point that out. Maybe gives a hint on how we're perceiving. Uh... Yeah, not great. Whenever someone comes in, that you're like, oh, that's interesting. Sting's coming in. Wonder what they'll do. Oh, Batista's coming back. Wonder what they'll do. There's a thing on Being the Elite where Cody Rhodes has this like supersonic hearing and it leads to these always really humorous like camera things where the camera can be like 50 feet away and it'll just do like, this slow zoom in you don't know what they're moving to but it, sl- it zooms in as it gets close it draws it's Cody it's Rhodes Cody. holding his ear it's just really funny and I just I envision any time that Triple H senses we're bringing someone good in in November time it zooms on his nose <laughs> as he smells a Wrestlemania match that he can worm his way into every time it's these matches that people aren't that excited to see at Wrestlemania I smell a win <laughs> me <laughs> Ronda Rousey's coming in me <laughs> Batista Sting rattle him off don't, Roman don't. Reigns needs an opponent at 32 history making crowd me as champion as champion yeah <laughs> going in with the belt unbelievable yeah so that what one... will his entrance be this year folks <laughs> hopefully it'll be Drax that'd be a nice twist of fate wouldn't he he gets to play Batista's role in the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy on his way to the ring 
I don't know. But I will say, in terms of the build for this too, this this three-month period, the build to WrestleMania 31, is best demonstrated by the utter failure of Roman Reigns ever since, apart from this more recent period of time, of course. But he's been booed ever since because of the way they handled him here. It started here. So I, I think in terms of worst builds, castrating your top babyface for the next four years and counting, How about that pretty thing? good. You know, it does, does, does come into my head about how you typecast guys early on in their, in their development or in their, in, in their ascension. Angle, never got over being a comedy guy. No. Comedy guy. Cena will never, never get over being shitter than he should be, even though he's, you know, got a lot, th- he had a lot of things going for him. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's always, you, you, you paint someone and it's hard to change the colour afterwards. Sure yeah, is. You get that second chance to make a first impression. Good one, Carl. That's much more succinct than that we're saying. Indeed. St- I stole it from Heyman. <laughs> uh, we'll actually get to a couple here that only got one vote, but I do want to actually hear your thoughts on these builds, if you remember much about them at all. You may not. Uh, WrestleMania 26, Albatross on F4W says the build to Michaels versus Undertaker. Uh, this is the rematch, obviously, with the running up that Hill oh, music video. What a video. Was outstanding. They also did a good job with Mysterio versus Punk, Cena versus Batista, and Edge versus Jericho. They did a bad job with Brett versus Vince and the Legacy match, but overall, I thought the good definitely outweighed the bad. I remember this one being, with the exception, I thought, hmm. see I was about to say the only thing I really remember them doing a good job with was Michaels and Taker, but Cena and Batista was very good, and Mysterio and Punk was a lot of fun as a mid-card feud. Edge and Jericho I thought they did a terrible job with. Edge was came back. Oh, know, that was that was poor. The spear, spear, spear oh, stuff. That was, that was god awful. And, it, and it's not long before he turns heel again. Yeah, because he came back as a bit face, wins the run by surprise, in three months he's dead as a, as a face. Well, the only value he had was to stop Sean winning the Rumble yeah. in dramatic beautiful fashion so yeah that was god awful yeah yeah. and Bretton Vince was one of the biggest fucking drop balls they've ever done so well let's, at the end of the day you, you shouldn't you just you shouldn't do it no because Bret has had a stroke oh by the way but, it's, it's years but even, too late but even and it's it's long past the point of anybody caring except for Vince I think even Bret doesn't really care that much I think he's just you know that Brett showed up, told you didn't care anymore. To yeah, be yeah. If if he cared, he wouldn't have been there. Yeah. Um, but even so, if you're going to do it, you just you just need to have a you know one or two promos and sign the contract. Yeah. Actually, you know, just do the contract sign, and that's it. You don't need just there wrestling with shadows after all yeah. one week. <laughs> yeah. You don't need the contrived broken leg and the reveal and uh, it's just yeah. that reveal got like fucking no reaction either I thought then, that was so bad. and then you done. bring out the heart family and yeah just, just no good my guy Bruce got, got a spot <laughs> I did like that I did like that probably thought he was going to get a job afterwards as well. <laughs> they probably told him he was <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's funny now, now that you say it yeah there was good stuff with on that show and, and, Mysterio Punk I remember and, being outraged they got like six yeah. minutes considering they had a really yeah. good build yeah that was annoying uh, Sean oh, the singing of happy birthday to his son Dominic that was yeah. fucking great on Smackdown I mean, Sean Taker is a, is a very good build oh it's exceptionally the way, good the way, the way he costs Taker the belt and everything as well is, 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 is great and you know we talk again about, about music videos and things running up that hill is a, a, you know, is a prime example funnily enough Triple H and not really a marquee match. Yeah. And no one really missed it. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> Funnily enough. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, Never again. Next next year, take us three. 
<laughs> and you know he's probably pointed back to that to this menu we're talking about now as an example when anyone sort of you can imagine they're in a meeting you know you seem to be getting all these awful whoa 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 Remember Mania 26? Oh, this, this, this is And I Hogan. beat Seamus. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is his Hogan losing to Billy Kidman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even uh, lose! Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, because yeah, the curtain call usurps all of that. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Remember 96? I was, at the, I was at the bottom of the barrel. No one paid more dues than me. Yeah. You should have been fired. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Jim Cornette. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Cena and Batista was great for the dickhead Dave coming to the forefront. That was that, yeah. He was, oh, dickhead he was, Dave was, he was great. He was, he was brilliant <laughs> His in that. His polo role. shirts. Um, I'd like but, to thank the fat fans in the crowd who had to buy two tickets to see me today. <laughs> I appreciate your cash. <laughs> it comes across as kind of authentic. <laughs> I loved it. I, I like it. I, like I, I feel it. they've wasted um, the chance to do more of that stuff yeah. this year, totally. Um, but it's funny, despite there being good stuff on there. My overriding memory of that may has always been Brett Vince. Yeah. I think it just shows the way the, neg- the negative stuff can have a much, in many ways, can have a much more lasting impact on you than anything positive. Well, it was also an absolute atrocious payoff. <laughs> there was that, yeah. Uh, let's move to another one here very quickly Mania 29 got a vote from John Cena's van on F4W says Mania 29's build was so bad I didn't even get the show nobody wants to see Cena versus Rock 2 and they didn't really even have much of a story for it they build it by having by doing stuff like having the Rock come out and tell a half an hour story about buying a car from a crackhead do you remember that promo that promo was fucking awful CM Punk wins a four way to face The Undertaker that makes fun of Paul Bearer being dead every week and also that weird Jericho Fandango feud which I don't really remember much about than Fandango laying him out on Raw. I was going to say, the only thing that I sort of really remember about that is the, the idea of, I know it's going to be good use of Jericho yeah. Mania. Fandango's debut match, and he's going over. Yeah. Fandango beat Jericho at Mania. Something um, else. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not great, that. No, this was, a, this was a very, very lazily built WrestleMania. Again, this is actually one of the more lazy ones. Rock Cena, the first year, deserves mention for one of the best builds of all time and didn't get a note, it didn't get a nod. And I think actually that Mania, which is the one that I went to, deserves a nod because I think the build to Mania, to the Taker Triple H rematch, notably for the Taker getting the line about Triple H, how the reason, you know, you don't want to wrestle me again is because you know that Sean was better than you. <laughs> which, you know. Truth hurts, and uh, which which made the line great. But obviously, the build for Hell in a Cell was fantastic, and then Roxena, the the one year build, so that was utterly brilliant. Here, they were fucking lazy for twenty nine. They did nothing to, to to reignite any kind of tension or steam or make it seem like a real grudge. Well, I, I, their their mindset was just simply that if we and, do and it, I've, it all works. And, I've, and, I've, and I've, I've I've never hated the notion. Of Rock winning the belt the way some people absolutely no, it was the right it. thing. I was absolutely fine with Rock being champion, but it just played into their mindset. Was well, look, it worked the first time. They're both over, so we can just do it again, but this time we'll do it with the belt. And that's about as far as the thought really went into it. And and they will be enough to just carry us there. Yeah. Um, the billboard theory in this case, I think, backfired what hell, somewhat. What the hell was the Taker match that year? It was Taker and Punk. Or take a Punk. Uh, Oh yeah, with t- with with CM Punk doing the uh, the basketball dribbling with the urn and dropping it on the floor and saying "oh shit" and you know yeah. it was a again, real fucking again, lazy, again, usual, lazy ass usual, build. Usual poor taste, but then it's build. not even good. Like you know, well, punk, punk could have punk could have done awesome punk, stuff. Punk had been you know having 
having been underwhelming at the start of that title run when he comes back because he comes back after three weeks because of the involvement with Kevin Nash <laughs> because of losing to Triple H uh, and then it actually being referenced in the build up to his match with Del Rio where he wins the belt where he's you're a loser you've lost the last five months you know doesn't really make you want to care about him and then having won the belt he's really an afterthought until the heel turn yeah. then he turns on rock. on rock and he's great with Heyman him with and Heyman absolutely a dynamic duo for the ages they were absolutely brilliant for months on end to then get this feud with the underpinning of the story being the fact that Bear is dead yeah, yeah not good not good at all I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't particularly support this one for for best at all uh, pretty strong candidate for bad but we will go one here that I think is a pretty strong candidate for the best and it is a one match show for me in terms of build Air Raid on the UK fan form says one that hasn't been mentioned yet which I feel should be in with a shout is Mania 5 people think of it as a one year build starting from Mania 4 but the creation of the Hogan Savage friendship started on the main event several weeks earlier with Mania 4 really only being a cementing of their alliance you only have to watch SummerSlam Survivors The Rumble and the key episode of Satellite's main event with the Mega, pa- Mega Powers fought the Twin Towers and the wheels really fell off to get an idea of the story but for a 12 month build it was incredible execution Liz being integral was very important to the story and the mirror opposite of the much maligned shoe Deborah into the Mania 17 build. Underneath there's plenty of good value from a storyline point of view. Mr. Fuji's quest to relive demolition of the belts he helped them win. Relieve demolition I should say. Jake and Andre had a lengthy build related to the giant's fear of Damien and even the throwaway matches had some storyline. Hercules wrestling a Heenan family member. Jimmy Hart sending Honky and Valentine after Brett and the Anvil and so on. It's not match for match perfect but the build for the main event alone means for me it needs to be in the discussion. Down end 2005 on Pro Wrestling Only says the build to the main event of Mania 5 between Savage and Lust Hogan is still one of the best stories that the WWF has ever told. Otherwise known as Randy was right, this year long build of the Evil Hogan's grand plan to engineer a title shot at the biggest show of the year worked a treat. Hogan already had poor form for being a terrible friend to Andre the Giant and Paul Orndorff, so maybe Randy should have known better in hindsight, but this story just goes to show how devious Hogan truly was. This story began even before WrestleMania 4, when Hogan saved Savage from an attack from the Hart Foundation in late 1987 after being begged to by Elizabeth, followed by the handshake which solidified Randy's face turn. Then, at WrestleMania 4, Savage won the WF title following an assist from Hogan, and the build began. Gradually over time, the relationship between Savage and Hogan became more and more unstable. Hogan began to act more flirtatiously towards Elizabeth, even insisting that she also manage him in matches on Saturday night's main event. The Mega Powers won at SummerSlam 1988, and when Elizabeth took her skirt off, you could easily see the lust Hogan had in his eyes. I'm positive he also gave her a sneaky pat on the bum when Savage wasn't looking too. The Mega Powers were the souls. The The Mega Powers were the sole survivors at Survivor Series '88, and Hogan again made a play for Elizabeth, hugging her and twirling her around right in front of Liz's man when he had just been beaten down for ages while Hogan was resting in some handcuffs. (laughs) 
Who <laughs> can then eliminate Savage from the Royal Rumble on purpose like the good friend he is? <laughs> then, at Satellite's main event, Savage finally snapped when he accidentally collided with Liz and Hogan abandoned the match to try it on with her and show her his 24-inch python in a confused state backstage. I'm frankly surprised that Randy didn't snap sooner. But from that moment, Hogan's plan was complete. His fear of the increasingly popular Savage caused him to first befriend him and then systematically turn him into a jealous, paranoid heel so he would get a title shot in an era where face versus face matches didn't happen. He even managed to turn Savage's misses against him, which would play into his hands at Mania 5 as Randy couldn't fully focus on his title defence and hence he lost to the luster. In all seriousness, Hogan vs. Savage was a masterful build, with Ventura, who, um, to be honest, I thought he was the one that wrote this, essentially, <laughs> especially on commentary, being excellent, planting the seeds of doubt about Hogan's intentions, and Randy's increasing paranoia playing up perfectly. The match was, to that point, the best main event in WrestleMania history, and the fact that it ended in the same building where Randy won the title was fitting. The builds to modern-day Mania main events are so messy and all over the place that it's easy to forget that they are at one time capable of some of the best and most compelling builds in wrestling history. And a match Thurlow on the Facebook page wraps us up on this one and says the best has to be five with Hogan and Savage perfect long tease great storytelling even if the bad guy win in the end um, the mega powers explode I, yeah in terms of in terms of sort of a we'll say match quality it's it's a one match show and the the build is absolutely tremendous and Ventura is great again in that shit stirring role. You know, he, talk, he talks about what he saw in Savage's eyes at Survivor Series 88 as he looks over at Hogan. All, all that stuff is just absolutely tremendous. Him picking up on the little things and yeah. Gorilla acknowledging it but then moving swiftly on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, great. Yeah, and, and sort of the teasing of dissension at the Rumble beforehand and all, all those bits pieces that, that we've all watched catch. So it, it is wonderful and. and so easily rewatchable, which I always think is a nice way to sort of gauge things. Could I watch it again and still enjoy it? Absolutely. Um, but even so, Rude Warrior has a, a decent length of build, go, you know, going from the rumble with the with the pose down. You've got, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of having Fuji in the match with the powers of pain, but that starts at Survivor Series with Fuji turning on Demolition. Yeah. Jake and Andre which again it's not good in the ring and God knows Andre's clearly suffering at this point but the build starts from Survivor Series and you know, you know it's, again it sort of harkens back but it, it's and you to Kieran's point you can't really do it anymore because of the proliferation of shows on TV and the length of things. Oh, you can. You just need to change the way they do more, TV. They, they, much, the TV's fucking. Yeah. Okay, you the can. TV, the TV's oh, a okay, wash, okay. man. You can, but they, you, 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 you can, but they won't. Yeah. But again, it harks back to, and the way we talk about mania is all becoming a bit of a wash in recent years. And I remember, but I remember these things vividly, and I can remember them vividly, even having not lived through them. I didn't see eighteen, yeah, you know, mania five till well after the fact. But the build to everything still, yeah. was, you know, I can still vividly remember. This first time I watched you know, those papers on VHS, I can, I can remember that. I mentioned about the the builds from the that start Survivor Series, and I remember vividly. It's in the Richfield Coliseum in Ohio. These things stick with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the thing too about it again, and it ties back to one we'll get to in a second here. But the year to year of it, watching it back, is quite cool because it's just like the story's fully told. It's kind of watching a sh- like watching a show where you're kind of catching up to the finish. It's kind of like me with Game of Thrones right now. I watch the whole show so that I can seamlessly ease myself in 
weeks before the, the the final series, and I'm gonna wait two years like everybody else, I suppose. But watching all these shows after the fact and seeing that you know, main you know, okay, so they came together, then it's Mania Four, and Hogan and Savage are there in the ring, and you kind of can see, all right, so these are the two top good guys, and then moves to SummerSlam where they're fighting the Mega Bucks. DiBiase and Andre Survivor Series you can kind of see the, 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 the teasers the mentions from Jesse they're picking up they're gaining steam they do the full blown thing at Royal Rumble which I love when Hogan eliminates him and Sam just fucking loses his shit and just comes running straight back in the ring turns around and shoves him and just gets right in his fucking face and again, Jesse's like, I fucking told you! I fucking told you! Hogan's after him, out for himself, and Savage knows it. And Liz is there to play Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah. She's there playing Peacemaker. And in the end, Savage's like, yeah, okay, okay. Cool the heads prevail, shake hands. But it's in his mind, and you know it, and it's great. No, yeah, it's that thing, like, it's one of the great things in wrestling. When you know something's coming, but you just the don't anticipation. know when. Well, when? I was about to say, that's the thing. It's, it's not only the context of the match, it's... it's it's like the foreshadowing it's, it's going on and it's been laid before it's even could be a match or there's even a reason for it to be a match kind of thing um, and it is the TV it, that is the major thing because you're talking about a handful of iconic moments that are then interspersed over six months and then repeated and referenced over and over and it creates gravitas to those moments and you think back and you remember those that kind of you see the the special that America the video footage mm. with the lighting and it's so different. It yes. looks like a dreamlike state when you watch it. It's so it seems so grandiose and, and everything. And it's it is it's making the product and it it seems so it just seems special. Whereas today it's like it's a bunch of guys they go out of their way to make the they're just guys yeah. and they're doing they're going through the motions week in week out and that's why no one cares and that's why you can't differentiate. The build from WrestleMania 28 to the build to WrestleMania, whatever, because it's the same. It's like the same routine, almost the same process, the same weekly. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pace of delivery of information. It's breaknet. It's stuff up all the time. It's it's got to be popcorn to, to keep well in their mind to keep attention, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the gravitas. It doesn't pull your attention to be able to you know to re- the re- repetition of uh, the repetition of exposition really. Yeah. That used to be the case because they had because it was recap shows. It was Sean Mooney in his booth or someone <laughs> going re, re showing the clip from last yeah. Saturday night. And you do it over, and it, it it's just it puts the emphasis on, on those those key moments because they were big special yeah. moments. The punditry around it all, which exactly. I love. Exactly. And but now it's the, the guys. It's pure talent, pure wrestlers all the time, most of the time. It's funny how like three hours a week, five hours a week with two shows. Having to do it live, maybe soon to be six hours a week. Yeah, oh ha- having to having to do it live eliminates a lot of that kind of punditry. I mean, it doesn't have to, but it does because they, they they like the live setting and shit happening live, mm-hmm. and, and the this is the live variety show type of formula they've they've come up with now. Look, Ian, I, and then again, and the, the argument would be that for ratings, it has to be that case. Mm. But uh, the race, but not it, anymore. It, that's not the case. I so, was going to say that, yeah. even that, even that's a, even that's a, an argument that doesn't hold water because the ratings are shit. <laughs> yeah. First of all, and, and historically we've seen there's not a great deal of significance between live and taped. No, and there's no excuse now in, in in the notion of you can't claim that WCW are going to read out your, your results live on air. Well, you got the internet is of the proliferation of the internet's different. Mm-hmm. So that's I can understand why, but it's more the. Sure, you can have a mix. 
There's a mix there to be had for sure. I want to mention this one briefly because uh, it did get a couple of nominations. C4 on Wrestling Forum says, As for the worst, I would say that Mania 4, one year before uh, Hogan and Savage, has this honour. The show is dominated by the world title tournaments, but aside from Hulk vs. Andre and maybe Gang vs. Bigelow, they're all completely random matches. The WF could have easily worked feuds into at least some of the matches, such as an early start of the Roberts Rude feud, but they chose to make the tournament the attraction in and of itself, and they utterly failed as crickets could be heard chirping and dire wolves howling inside the cavernous confines of Trump Plaza. Of the non-tournament matches, only the Bulldogs vs. Islanders had a real feud behind it. The rest was just random encounters and boredom. And by Tor from WrestlingForum.com says, Hear me out. As a kid, the WrestleMania 4 tournament was the biggest thing ever. Even bigger than WrestleMania 3. Hulk had just lost for the first time. All of a sudden, anything really could happen in the WWF. I didn't get to, I didn't live through the build of Mania 4 either. And I haven't seen as much of it beyond, obviously, the, 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 the great angle with Hogan and Andre on, on the main event. I was going to say, that, that the angle with the... With that the, is the build, with the two really. Referees is the build that that is that is all the build there is to it because the, the side... Savage DBRC match they did on Saturday Night's main event H- Hogan and Hogan and Harley Race in Saturday Night's main event is right before where Hogan goes over strong it's like that's really the only yeah. build you got yeah, other promos yeah because it's, it's all the, like I said the, the tournament is the selling point and the tournament doesn't deliver um, and there could be storylines woven into it we were obviously we were deprived of a second Savage Steamboat match because Steamboat said he wanted to leave. Always a bit of pill whenever this show comes up with you. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you know, oh, oh, 15 minutes to warm. Greg Valentine beats Steamboat in the first round, in a, in a result that shocks me to this day. I think he's very happy about it. Either Steamboat, by the way, he still he, he brings this up as much as you do. I think. Rightly so. Yeah, wholeheartedly endorse that. Point is, though, from a build perspective, the there's, only there's, there's no build. There's no there's no build for any. Again, they, they pretty much they, similar to twenty nine. Funnily enough, Hogan Andre is the match in the tournament that'll get them. That's pretty much the yeah, attitude. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're guaranteeing you the Hogan Andre match for the you know, in the, the, in the, third, the third, first round. The third Hogan Andre match, which is going to start the second round because we're giving them both a bye. Yeah. Never like that either. By the way, that they got they got the, 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 the bye in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, it rankled me. They should have. They should have to fight like everybody else. Yeah, damn right interesting to see that when they actually made the announcement obviously the brackets were different to how they would eventually be with uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the two of the matches switched so I guess that was at the point when Davey Ossie was pegged to win and Savage would have been actually something, something it would have made well, earlier I was going to say something to do with uh, Honky not wanting to drop the IC belt yeah and at the end it changes to Savage and then they swap the tournament plus I think they realised that Hogan's going to fuck off for a bit anyway so why not and it, does, it doesn't take didn't take much at that time to I would imagine to convince Vince uh, not to put the strap on the heel yeah uh, different one here Matt Yaxley emails and says Mania 21 in 2005 is a strong contender for best that doesn't get enough talk the months long Batista Triple H story is one of the last great six month stories they've ever done and it speaks for itself Cena JBL was pedestrian compared but Cena had genuine momentum at least Taker and Orton was good with Orton wanting to break a streak right as it was starting to gain notoriety Angle HBK was great with Sexy Kurt the Rockers reunion leading to Angle versus Gennetti and the video packages were both leading up to it Eddie and Ray had a quietly very good build based on a friendly rivalry you knew was going to implode and the novelty hype of the first Money in the Bank even the show itself with the movie trailers was built, was built better than anything on this year's show the Wrestlemania goes Hollywood with all the trailers that was actually it's, better build it felt special it was special yeah it, was, it, it felt different mm. 
Um, God damn that Batista trip. The original Batista Triple H story, so ace. Oh, it's, it's a That was so well done. It's, it's a brilliant they, I can't believe they got people to cheer Batista like that with this storyline. <laughs> oh, Randy right. Orton had to be just shitting in his bag. I always say, I think Randy Orton every so often just thinks about that that build and just a solitary tear <laughs> just rolls down the cheek that's why he doesn't give a fuck now oh, yeah. Yeah. Is. He's, he's, he's making him pay he's going to make him pay for the next 20 years oh, that's, <laughs> it. that's it I'm half arsing everything you're still paying me seven figures and I've got my bus yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit what's that Royal Rumble entrance time watch the Orton saunter <laughs> you know, are there even parks in Vince's space? I hope he does. I bet he doesn't give a fuck. Nah. <laughs> there's a black tack window. There's a point. Vince is there knocking on the door. Randy! Randy! <laughs> and he's like, he just like, hey, asshole. He's smoking a joint, laughing. You can see the smoke coming out the window. Yeah. You can hear Randy laughing at him through the glass. <laughs> Randy ain't opening the door. Ah, uh, brilliant. Son of a bitch. Yeah. It does come back to this, and it's so funny because again, it starts in November. That one subtle tease where Triple H just leaves the room, and Batista just turns to look at the belt that Triple H has left there on the chair, and he just picks it up and has a look, and the crowd starts to go, "Oh, oh, interesting." Batista's starting to have some independent thought that we didn't think he was capable of before. And the, the slow... Deacon's evolved. That actually goes to prove that the slow build, slow subtle build, can be done with just regular TV. That's what I mean. Today. You can do it. Yeah, but it takes patience. It's patience and discipline as well yeah. because nothing. There wasn't a fucking deluge of shit muddying up that feud. Going no. into that, that was where the story came from. That was the story. So you can, when you think back, what happened? That's you're drawn to that straight away. That's they're the key moments in, in mm. the evolution, the evolution of the story. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But, but it's uh, just again that week to week. There's so many little fun the, things the, on the, the week bit to in the week. Chamber as well. The bit in the chamber, which is great, when Triple H goes to save him, and then changes his mind and sits back down because then he knows if he does, then he might have to. Fight Dave at the end. Really clever stuff. Just little things like when when yeah they have like a hundred dollar bet on an episode of Raw that when they do the beat the clock challenge or they have a match. I think it's a beat the clock challenge that Triple H will win his match quicker than Dave. And Dave says, "Yeah, I'll bet a hundred dollars." And then next week when it happens, Dave actually asks for the hundred dollars, <laughs> and everyone's and there's this like tension in the air. And Triple H's like, "What did you say?" He's like, "Oh, my hundred dollars. I win my match quicker than you." And there's just like this little tension in the air. And then Triple H looks at Flo and goes, Rick, give him $100. <laughs> and Rick's like, oh, all, yeah, 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 sure, Dave, sure. Of all the people you can ask, you, <laughs> you have some spare cash on you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H's always with a sense of humour. You got end of your toe belt still knocking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was collateral for his next bet. Oh, um, my God. This, this deserves to be on the list. This was the, the best buy rate uh, this is like a shockingly good buy rate, didn't it? This, this is a this, really this, good domestic buy rate. Didn't this break the million? No, it didn't break a million, but it's close. Was, it wasn't far off. No, it, it wasn't far off. And considering the state of the business at the time, this was one of those ones where, through this angle, I think they just convinced a lot of the people who were existing fans to actually pay for a yeah. change. I mean, and you've got the novel. I say the novelty. It wasn't really a novelty, but yeah, the first Money in the Bank. So you got the first of something that was going to have a bit more importance. Mm, yeah. Um, angle and 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 Sean was great. The videos leading up to that. Angle talking about how when he won a gold medal in 1996, people come up talking about the, you know, when, when I told people I was a wrestler, they all told me, oh, he was good as Shawn Michaels, so who was the that. champion at the time in the oh, WWF. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking good stuff right there. And then obviously, the, the, the whole thing of Kurt trying to re, you know, retrace the steps of Shawn, winning a ladder match against the jobber and beating up Janetti and putting Sherry in the ankle lock and. Doing the song. Of course, the song, which is just immortal again just awesome stuff just re- and again Taker and Orton I thought was really good because Orton was fucking flat as a pancake after the Triple H feud and I thought they did a good job here of like Orton they did they 
they did the best they could. They did the best they could. Given given the state of Orton at the start of the feud. And and led to the great cameo from Cowboy Bob on the show. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed Cowboy Bob. <laughs> I like Cowboy Bob. in 2005. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to appreciate him too much that Armageddon, if, uh, if, if, uh, if legend has it. But no, no, he was a bit upset that day. He was. He was quite, he was rather, rather, rather mad. But uh, this deserves to be up there. We have stretched the gamut uh, and unfortunately ran out of time for how many WrestleMania we have to talk about here. I do want to say that obviously WrestleMania 1 deserves a, a huge mention and didn't get really many votes uh, or many kind of much discussion on the forums as one that gets uh, a mention for best builds, but probably damn well should. Oh, Piper is excellent. Piper's awesome. Hogan, Mr. T, Cindy Lauper. I mean, goddamn, it speaks for itself. It's made WrestleMania what it is. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to deny that one. Rockets, Liberace. 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 <laughs> Billy Martin. Muhammad Ali yeah list goes on so obviously Mania 1 deserves a mention and also we did get there are a couple of nominations for this year's Wrestlemania Wrestlemania 35 uh, that we're not going to get into here because obviously we're going to be talking about Wrestlemania 35 <laughs> we haven't next watched any week of and <laughs> there's that too Wrestlemania 35 is next week we'll talk all about the show then uh, in our recap show so just to wrap this up anyone's mind changed on the best and worst Wrestlemanias with a bit of reflection and, uh, and hindsight here today I've I'd not say I think it'd be disingenuous of me to say anything other than fourteen. Fourteen, because yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say my mind's been changed on any of them, but it's maybe just it served as quite the stark reminder about just how bad some of them were and how good how good some of them were. So, like I say, you forget about things like you know using the the Brett Vince one as an example. And like I say, my abiding memory has always been Brett and Vince was terrible. What an awful build! But then I'm reminded about some of the good stuff that was there. So it's it serves as a very useful refresher and maybe something to draw contrast to uh, coming off next next week's show. Convert. I think I'm inclined to agree there. 14. I have this perhaps kind of halcyon view of of of, of that time. But when I watch it back, it, it holds up so well in terms of just how well they build the matches and, and how well they build what is basically. The, the next the next wave of stars for the WWF at a time when they desperately like two months earlier in December they had fucking nothing mm. apart from Steve Austin and it stands up particularly well at a time when in retrospect as we've discovered or talked about going through the timeline series there aren't many things during the Attitude Era that in my mind at least do stand the test of time very well I think a lot of things look dated mm. but not that build yeah Mania 3 Mania 5 good shouts too uh, in terms of worst, 11's Nine and high. 11 are hard to look past. Yeah, they're really hard to look past. Because um, there's no good payoffs either. Yeah, there's nothing that, There's nothing on there that you want to watch anyway. What about 7 then? We're just going to disregard... The, the, the Sarge Hogan yeah. disaster yeah. that played a good role in kind of killing the company <laughs> for a good few yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get a mention for worst. I, I say, I'm, I'm surprised at the lack of the lack of mentions for it um, but it's, I'm, just, I'm just trying to cast my mind back to the build outside of outside of Hogan Sarge there isn't really a lot of build is there actually come to think of it Warrior Savage War, oh, sorry Warrior Savage which is which is good yeah that's got, um, that's got a, a long big build so I, I, that's, coming out of the rumble um, Bossman perfect to go on for a while based on the, the insulting Bossman's mother yeah I was never, never too keen on that really um no. <laughs> Well then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Martell and Jake. Jake, yeah, you could push that. And not, yeah, the payoff's not great, but oh, the, the yeah, builds, the builds, the builds, not unreasonable. 
But, builds good. But outside of that, I'm struggling to think of matches with a build. Really. Well, that was it. That's there was a seven lot of, was, was a lot of littered with fucking the, 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 the Valentine versus Earthquakes, Tornadoes versus Bravo, Mounty versus Tito, Demolition versus Tenru and Katow, Heart Foundation versus Nasties has no build, really. Very chucked together. Uh, road, uh, LOD just to Power and Glory. Power and, power and, power and, pain, power and Glory just to you know, smash them over. Rockers, Heart, and Haku Barbarian hasn't really got a lot going for it before. It's a good match. Oh, it was a great match. But I mean, it has no build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of build, this is what we're talking about then, yeah. yeah. Snooker Taker is just announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that on that show. So that's, mm. yeah, I mean, that, that deserves a, that deserves certainly a consideration for worse and considering long-term damage, actual damage being done from, from a, a, a bad build. Uh, I'm inclined to, yeah, I'm inclined to say 11, I think, to be honest. Because I, Lawrence Taylor is such a small window of appeal. <laughs> and that's what they banked it all on. And nothing else had anything going you for mean it. You no, no mean one, no one bought it for the live performance from Salt and Pepper? No. <laughs> Thank you for Maybe if they don't push it. But Sean did do that press conference where he said, I'll give you a show like you've never seen before. Yeah. I, I like when he said I think, that. I think on that press conference he also actually used the line... <laughs> I will go over. Did he? <laughs> yeah. To which I think Kevin Nash said, over my dead body. Oh, what a witty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so on that note, we leave it there. We hope you enjoyed the show and a bit of a look back at builds to WrestleMania's previous as we head on the final few days to WrestleMania 35. So we will be talking about that show next week here on the podcast and the week after that we will be returning to the Monday Night War timeline covering January and February of the year 2000 so uh, some very very uh, good stuff on one side not so much on the other I'll leave you to wonder which one's which so with that said I want to thank everybody for your contributions thank you for listening for Carl Jones yeah we might be happy next week we might be sad we're not sure on that front but what we do know is we'll be tired <laughs> and for Kieran O'Rourke <laughs> 17 matches, Kieran. I thought you 17 hours. <laughs> two, two battle royals. Elias ain't no pit bull, that's for sure. They a nice boy now. Oh, God, there's going to be an Elias stick. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> a lot to look forward to here on the podcast. So if, if negativity isn't for you, you might want to skip a week before we get to the timeline. But episode 150 coming next week with a cool announcement to boot. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here. Talk to you next week. Just one